Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Puck Off. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us because my co-host, Mr. Andrew Johnson over here of the Short Shift Pod, had a little fight with COVID. Andrew, how you doing these days? <laughs> a lot better. Um, if, you, if you guys heard not this past episode of Short Shift, but the episode before that, I was... I was struggling. You were um, dogging it. All the credit in the world for for batting, for playing injured, but yep, man, that I came was, back to bite you in the butt. I believe the text that I got from uh from a but from a buddy of mine who who loves the show was like, "You sounded like death on a Triscuit," and I'm like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> so that kind of threw a wrench, and we have five more teams to get to in our team breakdowns. Uh, obviously we don't have five days until the regular season. If you're listening to this, you probably already heard Edmonton. That one was already in uh line to go out, but we weren't quite sure how things were going to unfold. So what we're doing now is in this nice long episode, you got us for a while. We're going to go, we're going to finish the series. We're going to start talking Vegas and then we'll go Toronto, New Jersey, Carolina, Boston. Uh, and then we're going to kind of round out. Yeah. The final five. And then we'll round mm-hmm. out you know, with, um, with divisions, conferences, kind of have that debate who finishes where and why. Uh, and during that, we'll talk about some of the most recent cuts from camps, who's gotten waived. Um, some real surprises all, today. All the, all the recent stuff, not to mention, uh, we'll touch upon some of the, the contracts, extensions and stuff like that. I mean, none of that was really, with the exception of Drysdale and Zegris, which we can start there super quick. They got done. We kind of knew they were going to get done. It was just a matter of what the numbers were. Uh, yeah. Just before we dive into Vegas, Andrew, what does that change for you for the Ducks? And what was your thoughts on their contracts? So that was a really ugly public battle, especially involving Zegras. And you can think what you want about Trevor Zegras. Um, I think he's an overrated player who's still good. But I think he's got he's he's closer to the face of the league than his skill dictates. So sometimes so I can I can see the the bad taste in the mouth that some people get for him. That said, if I'm Trevor Zegris and I I have I have a full understanding of who I am as a player. Anaheim Ducks come up to me and say, we want to get you for one year and three million dollars. I'm spitting in your face, man. What an absolute insult that became public and like they they ended up doing like kind of a self-arbitration where they signed for three years 5.75 million which you know credit to austin matthews he's really kind of gumming up the works on these short term (laughs) on these on these shorter term deals oh yeah um drysdale three years 2.3 is Whatever. There's another contract that I there's another contract that hasn't happened that I kind of want to get into in a little bit, but um we'll do that next. We'll I'll do that next. Sure. See, so the thing for me with Drysdale, I look at it and I go, You've been hurt. This is kind of where you should be. You know, you gotta prove yeah, no, that's a fair deal. No, it's a fair deal. Yeah, and when you're out there, you play well. So we're rewarding you a little bit with the pay bump, but you gotta show us over the next three years that you can actually stay healthy. Yeah. Then in three years, then you get your whatever the market dictates contract. And I think he'll still be, I think they'll both still be RFAs when these are done. Uh, uh, yes, uh, they, they will be, but they'll be arbitration eligible, which, you know, these but kids an might have long memories. An arbitration deal, though, is only for one year, maybe two. So, like, mm-hmm. even if they do go to arbitration, 
Like I would be more worried after that part. Cause if you're the team, you, you take them to arbitration, you take the contract, you, you take the pissed off player for two years who wants to get the next one. And mm-hmm. hopefully by then you have some competitive team on the ice, which, you know, with these two guys, you'll be which, better. By the way, this doesn't change anything. They're still dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you'll be better, but you'll be the easy to pick up dog shit in the bag to throw away. Exactly. They're still dog shit, but the, it, it, it looks like they're, it looks like this very first step of the rebuild, you know, negotiations notwithstanding with Zegers. It looks like they're trying to do it right. It looks like Zellweger is going to make the opening night roster for Anaheim, which is going to be big for them. He's going to be he's going to be a legit. He's going to be legit. He might be better than Drysdale when it ends up. He might be better than Drysdale quicker than Drysdale, if that makes any sense. Makes sense. Um, you know, and th- they're going to figure out if Drysdale is like, what's his ceiling? Do you think? Honestly, I haven't seen enough of him to really say for sure. I mean, he's a he's a very very good player mm-hmm. at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's like what's his comparable? I guess. See, I think he has a very high offensive upside for a defenseman. Um, yeah. Is it wrong to say like a PK Subban? I don't think he says dynamic. Probably not as dynamic, but I think he can contribute more more consistently. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at his numbers, you're going to look at it and be like, yeah, after 82 games, your your numbers on paper look like P.K. Subban. Mm-hmm. Maybe on the ice you're not as flamboyant and flashy and whatever, but at the same time, the kid's got talent, and he can flash. He's talented. He's talented. So, But it's what's what does the next step look like? That's the question. That's now, for Zegras... They ended up getting three years, 5.75, which is self-arbitration. Like I said, they ended up in the middle. Pretty much. He wanted seven. They offered three. They got 5.75. So I guess I guess Zegers kind of held up on top a little bit. But fair deal? Good deal? What do you think? I think so. I mean, right now, it's kind of one of those things where right now, who else is better? Who else do they have? Like... Yeah, Z- Zegras, let's let's play this out. Zegras sits out a season. You have 31 other teams who will come to him next year and be like, come play for us. We'll pay you. Mm-hmm. Right. You're the Ducks. You have no option. You have to pay him. Mm-hmm. Like, you have nobody else. Like, yeah, you have Mason McCavish. You have, you know, uh, who's the one they just drafted? Um, Carlson. Was it Carlson? Who's hurt? Who's now hurt, right? No. Like, it, it's it's not the end of the world if you lose them, but by God, does it set your rebuild back? Plus, not to mention, as a new GM, you just set your standard and pissed off one of the best players in your organization when you walked in the door. Yeah, not none of the other guys that. are going to look at you and take you seriously anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, you're going to have to build a lot of trust. A, a lot, I wouldn't say trust, but you're going to have to build a lot of respect among that room and bring that back. The but... only way that that would have worked is if Trevor Zegers went to somewhere else and completely flopped. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I don't think that would that would be likely even if he went somewhere else, you know? No, I don't think so. And that's why I think it, it became the the decision for them that it did. And that's why mm-hmm. they ultimately, in some form of fashion, caved. What was mm-hmm. the other contract that you said that's not done yet that you're looking at? Shane Pinto. Shane. <sighs> what are the Sens doing? Well, uh, not what the Sens are doing. It's like they're they're really trying to finagle this in a way where they can sign Pinto to a cheap deal because 
Matthew Joseph is taking up $2.95 million. I think they're trying to take the fact that Shane Pinto wants to be there. They're trying to, yeah, Shane Pinto wants to be there, but they don't have the money to get him. They've already waived Lassie Thompson, uh, first round pick, uh, 2018. He went to Anaheim, oddly enough. Um, They put Igor Sokolov and Jacob Bernard Docker also on waivers. Jacob Bernard Drucker, another first round pick. Yeah, they're 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 doing something over there. Yeah, they're doing something. And but the 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 big contract that's sort of the albatross is Matthew Joseph right now. Yeah. 2.95 million dollars. Guess how many even strength goals he had last year in 59 games? How many? Same as you. Zero. Yes. <laughs> I mean, unless you count the ones that I scored in my dreams, then zero, but still. Then zero. I can't even score in my dreams. But not in hockey anyway. Yeah. Oh, ah, ah. anyway. Uh, I mean, that that's one though, where you sit there and you're like, did you really have to sign Joseph? Did you have to sign Kubelik? Like, did you have to sign it? It's well, Kubelik was traded for. That was the Debrinkat deal. Yeah, I know. But still like, uh, who's more important? Kubelik or Shane Pinto? Uh, uh Like, you didn't think that far ahead. Real quick, I, I want to highlight this, actually, because this is a great example for people who want to bitch, piss, and moan about Don Sweeney here mm-hmm. in, as Boston fans. And I, I know this isn't a Boston Bruins podcast, but I, I got to get this in here because this is what happens when you don't think ahead. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you sit there and mash checker pieces playing chess. <laughs> All right? You get a guy like Shane Pinto on the outside looking in, who's a key, who's a key piece of what you're trying to do, and you can't have him. Mm-hmm. He's just out of reach on the other side of the fence, and you can touch him. Your fingertip is touching him, but you cannot grab hold. Mm-hmm. All right? So for all the people who want to bitch, piss, and moan about Sweeney, he doesn't put himself in these positions. You should be happy about that. Man, you want to talk about a, a, a general manager that that has the highest highs and the lowest lows? Pierre Dorian, man. Yeah, well, I mean, in in his defense, he hasn't exactly been steering a ship on calm waters. He yeah. hasn't exactly. Well, he hasn't exactly to 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 piggyback off your metaphor. He hasn't exactly been the only one with his hands on the steering wheel, right? Melnick also had his hands on the steering wheel and then he died. Right. <laughs> so now <laughs> so now Dorian gets to take over the whole thing and he has to overcorrect and overcompensate. And yeah, I get right. My right. point being though is is someone there wasn't thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but Don Sweeney covers his ass in every way he possibly can. We'll dive more into Sweeney more when we get to the Bruins. Yeah. That's a few teams down the road here. But I thought the contract you were going to mention was the Steven Stamkos contract. But we'll put a pin in that one when we start talking about conferences, division. Julian Breezebois put his nuts on the table for that one a couple weeks ago, did he not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Steven Stamkos came along with a knife and just went, I wanted to talk about this. The knife is centimeters away from his dick. And he's just like, I keep talking. <laughs> We're going to put a pin in that metaphor. Uh, <laughs> so the Vegas Golden Knights, 
All right. Stanley We're Cup champs. Let's, tw- let's, let's get to the first 20-minute session here, if that. Stanley yeah. Cup champ, Vegas Golden Knights, 111 points last year. They were the fifth best team in based off of points, points percentage, and all the tiebreakers in that regard. Where do you stand on them this year going into the season? They're still really good. <laughs> like, like, what do you, like, what do you want me to say? They're still really good. Yeah. Um, Will they defend? Yeah. That's tougher. That's a tougher one. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I think, I think they win their division this year. Um, we'll just, we'll just put it out there right now. I think they end up winning the, their division again this year. I don't. Uh, you don't. Okay. Um, dissension in the ranks already love to see it <laughs> but we never agree we never agree on anything that's why we do the show yeah exactly but they're still really good they're still the champs until proven otherwise you know so like one thing that we found out today mm-hmm. is that they're gonna be without white cloud and i think it was stevenson for a little while i think they're mm-hmm. listed as week to week or something they're on ir right now right um or no, it's Martinez and White Cloud. That's what it was. Alec Martinez. Yeah. Martinez, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Martinez is gonna like, you know, keep being around. <laughs> He's Alec, getting hurt a lot lately. One of the ones that they talk about when trade rumors come up for dumping money. Always, yep. Martinez is one because Petrangelo is worth every bit of that money. Shea Theodore sure is. is proving to be every bit worth of his money. Mm-hmm. Um Braden McNabb is a steal. Nick Haig is a steal. Um, I mean, even Zach Whitecloud at 2.75 is a steal. Yeah. Like, he's a hefty defenseman. Now, here's where I – see, as good as the defense is, mm-hmm. I see them getting hurt a lot this year. We've also learned that the Stanley Cup hangover is real as far as when you get there – like, yes, Tampa won it back-to-back, but let's look at the last few teams that have. Colorado came out the next year and was not the same team. Hurt a lot. Hurt a lot. And tell me that this team does not look like a team that will get hurt a lot. Mark Stone goes into every game questionable. There's a reason why he spazzed out the way he did when he took a perfectly clean hit in a preseason game from someone trying to make a roster. Yeah, Hayden Hodginson for the Kings. Perfectly clean. Shoulder on shoulder, and Stone if, and Stone went after Brant Clark. What a weird move that was! <laughs> it listen, Stoney. If you're that hurt, don't play. Yeah, it was a clean hit. If it was a if it was a bullshit dog shit hit, like something dirty, something nasty. Go yeah, go after him. I'm with you, but go after yeah. the right guy. Yeah, but go after the right guy too. Yeah, exactly. The right guy. And then don't brag about how you almost scared shitless Brandon Clark. Like, no, no, you went after the wrong guy for the wrong reason. And now you're just sitting here going, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever play against him ever again. You know what? I don't even care if the kid is in Ontario. Like, when you go to play Vegas, call the kid up and put him in the starting lineup and put him in the starting five. <laughs> even if, even if he plays six minutes that night, put him in. <laughs> Fuck with Vegas in the head, left, right, and center. Mm. Oh, you didn't think you'd ever see him again in an NHL game? Right the fuck here he is. Yeah. He may, he may suck, but fuck you. <laughs> and, he may and, suck, but he knows what your number is. <laughs> right. He may suck. And, and he knows how to hit you cleanly. Just saying. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And oh, by the way, someone from LA, go find Mark Stone that first game and challenge him. <laughs> I'm not saying hit him dirty. Quitting I'm saying face. go after him because yeah. no one did anything to protect Brant Clark in the moment. No one yeah. did anything to protect the other guy in the moment. And then he goes on to continue to mock your team. Show some balls when yeah. you face this team again. Or, and, you know, or if it's going to be one of those scenarios where Stone is like, oh, it's one of those games. And it's one of those games in the regular season where I have to take it off because my back hurts. My back hurts. Fine. Yeah. Go after Eichel. Send, oh god message chris you are send playing message. the seeds for a rivalry here it, hey listen all i'm saying is is you can't back down from this you have to send a message that you are not going to be fucked around with if you're the la kings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you've already got people who are you know analyzing the game sitting mm -hmm. here questioning your team mm -hmm. now you've just allowed a seed of doubt to grow from another team's captain Mm -hmm. You cannot <laughs> let that stand. Mm -hmm. So if if Mark Stone is going to pussy out of the game and go, my back, my back, my back, I can't play against him, it's my back, then go after Jack Eichel and say, I don't care if it's Stone, Eichel, Marcheseau, whoever. Whoever their most elite level player is playing in that game, pound them into the boards cleanly. I'm not mm -hmm. advocating for dirty play here. But you make You're it known that you're hitting them. So for the first uh, Kings Vegas game, I want somebody to clip what Chris just did into like a hype package and then just sort of put in the seed of here's the NHL's next greatest rivalry. <laughs> and it's all over Hayden, Hayden fucking Hodgson and Mark Stone. <laughs> Listen, Stoney, if you're that hurt, get off the ice. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Like, get off the ice. You shouldn't be playing. If you're going to freak out over a clean hit, the hit was clean. Yeah. I'm with you if it was dirty, but it wasn't. So yeah. sit down, shut up, and tuck your panties back in your, your, your shorts over there. All right, all right. Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> Vegas. I also question their goaltending. Yes, Logan Thompson looked really good last year. He also kept getting hurt. Aiden, Aiden. Hill. We've yep, seen yep. Aiden Hill before. Mm -hmm. Yes, he played really well in the playoffs, and he did fantastic for him. I'm not taking that away. We've seen his ceiling come down to a massive basement. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but if you're going in with Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, you need something else. Aiden Hill, it wouldn't be the first one one season wonder in the world. Not at all. And it wasn't even a full season. Right. Like, they went through five goaltenders last year. That yes. is... Fucking lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually usually a team that goes through more than more than four is picking in the lottery. More than three. Hmm. More than three. Think about it. For even Boston, you go through Allmark, Swayman, Bussy, uh, the, the Kyle DPHR. Kaiser. DiPietro. DiPietro, Kaiser. Like you're you're still throwing something. You, you hope DiPietro finds something. Mm -hmm. Like He's a project they inherited from Vancouver. I get it. He he's a good player, but he still has a lot to work on. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, Calgary. I'm sorry if you go through Markstrom and Vladar, and Dustin Wolf is your full time starter. First of all, you got nothing behind him. Second mm -hmm. of all, as good as Wolf is, you got to hope nothing happens to him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just once you get to goalie number three, fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They went through five. There's a reason they're goalie number three. Right. They went through five. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say four because I don't really count Robin Laner anymore. He needs to figure his own shit out. Is he retiring? What is happening with him? I think he's staying on LTIR so he can collect his money so he can pay off that bankruptcy lawsuit. Uh, well, you know, enjoy your snakes, bud. Anyway, yeah, he's got another <laughs> 10 million bucks coming to him. But my point being is, is really they went through four and mm-hmm. they got lucky. We have to call it what it is. They got fucking lucky. Do they have talent in front of them? Yes. Is the talent always going to be there? No. Do they have some good depth pieces? Yes. But if Stone goes out for any length of time, which we know will happen, mm-hmm. Eichel's just a, a, a an injury away from being benched for a while. William Carlson's not what he used to be. He's a great 3C right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the best in the league. Yeah, but if you have to move him up to two or one, you're testing the fuck out of your depth. Mm-hmm. And like Paul Cotter, great fourth line guy right now, but he's not ready for a top six role. Mm-hmm. Brett Howden is not a top six guy. Chandler never has been. If you if you can have uh, Stevenson, Carlson, and Colasar as your third line, I prefer Colasar on the fourth line. But if you wanted to do it that way. You've got a really good third line right there. Mm-hmm. That also means that Barbashev, Marcheseau, and Stone, Eichel, like, you know, those guys are all in your top six. Fine. But, again, beyond that, and also to note, they don't have any cap space. Well, I think the LTIR, I think... The uh, I think Leonard gets them cap compliant. By... Hang on, hang on, let me do the math by $76,000 by just about 76k. They can't add anybody, yep. Mm-hmm. And because they're in LTIR, they can't even accumulate cap money for the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anybody goes down, they can't go out and get help. Because chances are that person has to come back onto the roster. Now, if someone gets a seizing in any injury, well, great. Now they can go out and spend that money again. But if you look at that, okay, so if it's Jack Eichel, are they going to go out and spend what it takes to get another $10 million top, top line center? No, they don't have the pieces to go and acquire that. They may have $10 million that they can spend, but they can't spend it on anything that will help them. Stone goes right. out. Nine five. Well, guess what? The league's already investigated this. He's gonna have to come back this year. You're gonna have to remain cap compliant without him. Mm-hmm. William Carlson, five nine. He's replaceable, sure. But again, we're talking about what assets do you have? You have draft picks and really not much else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna start mortgaging your future as well. Marsha so goes down. Well, he's at the end of his contract anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I just there's something about Vegas that I sit here and I go one I don't think they're going to win their division because other teams are too good. Two I see them getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all at once, but just their depth is going to be tested. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll still be good because uh, honestly, Sharks suck. Vancouver's questionable at best. 
they're also with all with all of this all of this uh caption antigenary that we're talking about be having being seventy six thousand dollars under the cap it makes you like they're gonna have to send people down obviously like denisenko they're gonna probably send down a guy like denisenko um you know does martinez go on go on some sort of injured reserve does white claw go on injured reserve does that help with that you have a PTO, a very interesting PTO that I surprised that I was very surprised that they signed. Uh, Maxime Comtois. Yeah, I, I don't know how well he was doing in camp, but he seems like the type of player who could play himself into a contract. I think some mm-hmm. of what we're going to see over the next, uh, I'd say, twenty-four hours, let's call it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's Sunday night right now as we record this, and the final rosters have to be in five p.m. tomorrow, Monday, or today, Monday, mm-hmm. when you're listening to this. So. Um, I think you're going to see some cap shenanigans in the sense of people getting waived, put down, um, pushed through with wave with uh, waiver exemption, that kind of thing. Then people will get signed to PTO contracts and then things will all move all around again. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. very much in an unspoken. Don't take my guy. I won't take your guy period right now. What a weird, what a weird spot that is. <laughs> But it, it's true, though. It is. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It just it's against it right now that it's it's unwritten. And who knows? Maybe they've had the conversations in the GM meetings where they're just like, listen, if we want to keep the cap working, we we need to all utilize what we're trying to let. Let's just not put like any major waiver claims in for like two weeks. Right. You know, like. Or, or if you want to put a waiver claim in, just call. Right, you and know, just be like, hey, we want this guy. Right, hey, where, where Vegas was like, hey, we want Denisenko, and Florida was like, all right, take him. We, right, sure, whatever. Right, <laughs> right. or or Toronto waves Martin Jones, and Tampa's like, hey, can we grab him? No, all right, all right, we're, we're confident with what we have anyway. So, you know. uh, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Breezeball seems like the type of person that will be like, they'll be like, okay, okay, I guess what I lied, and he takes it, put him in play. We're gonna come back to Tampa. Yes. We're gonna come back to Tampa. But anyway, um, I, I look at it this way. Vegas is better than Vancouver, better than Seattle, better than San Jose, probably on par with L.A. if they take all the steps that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're better than Edmonton, but they can play a better, more complete game than Edmonton and yeah, remain sure. competitive with them. Calgary, I think they're better than, but it's not as wide of a distance as how much better than they are than Anaheim. So, like... Mm-hmm. I can very easily see Vegas in that two, three spot. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. I just think it's not going to be, I think it's going to be a laborious season for them. Pacific's weird. It's Um, very, very weird. Yeah. Cause there's, there are like every team you can make an argument for, except Anaheim and San Jose, every other team you can probably make, you can make a decent argument for. Right. to make a move and since people have already heard the edmonton episode by now maybe um yeah. and the next and the next team we're going to get into toronto it's i have the same argument for both of them mm-hmm. they can outscore their problems mm-hmm. and so both of them have the ability to take their division because of that because a team like vegas looks at it and goes don't care if we win the division as long as we're one, two, or three, we get in, we get a home round, and then anything can happen. Right. We need to be prepared for that anything can happen stage. 
right, 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 right. So right. Vegas, I look at as a team that can go two rounds, maybe three into the playoffs, depending on who those opponents are, simply mm-hmm. because they're not fighting for the division title, but they're not going to say no to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, not their ultimate goal. Right. But... Same thing with Toronto. And hey, transition. Next team up would be Toronto. I think that's the first team we didn't end up pu- end with a puck off. Yeah. If you don't like how we did that, you could puck off. There it is. There we I go. That. That's where I'll edit it when I release them as individuals. How's that? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to be one long episode, but we'll release them as individuals. So if you just want to hear your one team, you don't have to listen to us yap on about everybody else. But Toronto, mm-hmm. this one's going to be nice and short, I think, because fuck the Leafs. Um, fuck the Leafs, but... but it's. <laughs> They've already got some interesting things going on here. Let's let you start with that. Mm-hmm. They waved Martin Jones today. The savior has fallen on the sword. Well, no, he, we, we were right. He was a savior. We just didn't know it was going to be for Tampa. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> There's no way they don't, right? Uh, we'll come back to that. We're going to put, okay. we're, we're, putting, we're putting pins in a lot of things right now. Mm-hmm. Just because we'll go ADD transition from one thing to another, never finish this shit. So for yeah, the sake right. of our listeners, I want to try and get this done. Okay, okay, okay. So Toronto, uh, playoff team, yes. Correct. Is that where you're at yeah. with them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, come on. Strengths: scoring goals, speed, speed. Um, weaknesses: defense and goaltending. Still, <laughs> not much has been solved from that. <laughs> Big acquisitions: Domi, Bertuzzi. Uh, oh, and Ryan Reeves. And, uh, three years. That was the shocking part. That for me is what made me sit there and go, "Really? You gave him three fucking years for one point three five a year." It's not even the 1.35. It's the mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. You're taking him up till he's almost 40. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Honestly, like, they should have. Oh, no. I can't say they should have thrown that money at Milan Lucic because Milan would never have signed there. But you get my point. Yeah. Um. Other, uh, other um, interesting acquisitions. Trading Sam Lafferty for a fifth-round draft pick to Vancouver. They needed to free up some cap space a little bit, so they had some wiggle room in there. So I'm not surprised. I mean, Lafferty was probably one of the players that they actually could get rid of in a way that other teams would take them. But it's to make room for one of their... It's to make room for a nine-game trial. For home. No. Frazier Minton. Frazier, that's right. Yep. Frazier Frazier Minton. I believe Minton has made the team. I don't think they're looking to send him back. Yeah, I think he's made the team too. Agreed. Because as a kid who can play left wing and center, guess who he's a perfect replacement for? That is? William Nylander. Man, you... (laughs) When is this trade happening? Put a number on it right now. I think Nylander gets moved... hmm. I I would have to say around the trade deadline. I really would. Because if I'm 
if I'm looking at this team, if I'm Brad for living, I don't pull the trigger on that deal unless I absolutely have to. And by what's the time, have to scenario, I, what's the have to scenario? My defense, goaltender. Well, say we're at the trade deadline, and Toronto is leading the entire league. Sure. Do you still think that's a possibility? How does it look? That's my question. Because if we're outscoring teams astronomically, but we're barely getting by, then I and I and I have a glaring hole in defense or goaltending. That's yes, I still explore it. Because let's say let's say we're at that point where right now you're you're number one in the president's trophy race, but someone's right behind you, and not even the president's trophy race, like just in your own division. And and you can you're giving up weak goals left and right, and you're constantly having to fight back from a one nothing lead, or you're constantly going into overtime, leaving the extra point on the table. And you look at it and you go, "We are not prepared in goal right now." You have Joseph Wall, who's 25, and Elias Samsonov, who's 26. Samsonov is a free agent at the end of the season. You have this year and next year with Joseph Wall. All right. If you look at it, and this is purely a hypothetical, all right, but you could very easily look at that and go, we need something much more stable in goal. There are three goaltenders who could become available for a William Nylander type price. John Gibson, Connor Hellebuck, and Karel Vamelka. If you can get one of those guys and all you're losing is Willie Nylander, but you're getting production out of this young 18, 19 year old kid. You have to look at it because you will get more than just that goaltender back. Anyway, you can replenish a second round draft pick with John Gibson or something else. You are going full uh, 2003 New Jersey devils here. If you're I gotta say close. I don't hate it. <laughs> if you're that close, uh, for those of you who don't remember, close. 2003 New Jersey Devils were they were leading their division with three games left in the season. They had clinched their division actually. Larry Robinson call, calls uh, it was 2000 uh, 2000 uh, actually which year was it? It was one it was a year in the, the early aughts. Three games left in the season. GM Larry Robinson calls Claude Julian into his office and says. You're fired. Takes over and coaches the team himself. They win the cup anyway. So you, this is bold, man. Like, but see, if you, if you're Toronto, is it, if you're Toronto, you need to have the balls to do something like that. Otherwise you're not going to crack through. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You made it to the second round last year. Did you really though? You didn't win a game there. They won one to be fair. <laughs> okay. Robert into more. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the difference. Toronto actually didn't get swept. <laughs> I know. Can't make, can't miss a chance to make fun of Rod the Bod, though. No, 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 no. But my my point my point just, being just, you're, you're, is you're 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 advocating for something that a lot of GMs or that a lot of GMs in this modern era are going to are going to bristle at. But it's gonna be it's that risk versus reward thing of like, are you risking? losing William Nylander for, for nothing, because this is now the third contentious contract negotiation he's gone through with Toronto. 
You think he might be sick of it by now? Probably. And oh, by the way, he's the only one with a modified no trade clause that you can actually move. Bertuzzi's there for one year. He's got a no movement clause in full. Domi's in there for one year. He's got a modified no trade clause. Camp's got a modified no trade clause, and he's the only one signed longer, almost as long mm-hmm. as Austin Matthews. Why does David Kampf have a no move clause? It's modified, but I don't know. Kelly Yarncroft's got one too. Like, you're, but you're not moving those guys because you need the depth on the wing. Yeah. And then, so that brings us back to the core four. Yippee, gotta love that term. Nylander, Marner, Tavares, or Matthews. Matthews, you just extended and trading him would be dumb, dumber than, that's a fireable offense. Yeah. John Absolutely. Tavares has two years left on his contract. You could Has it really not- been five years since Pajama Gate? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You could make the case to move on from him, but I don't see him waving that. And it's a full no-move clause. So you are stuck with him for two more years. They're already oh. switching him to they're already switching him to the wing because they've already acknowledged that he doesn't have the speed to continue playing center. Right. And then yep. Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner is arguably their best player in the playoffs. You can't I mean, move you, him. you could you could make a legitimate argument you that he's their best player. Yeah, all I mean, around. obviously up in the air between him and Matthews, but maybe as an all-around player, probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. But Dude's going to win a Bergeron Award within the next two years, two or three years, I think. I, I think they'll push for it. There's going to yeah. be some competition now that Bergeron's actually not in the league anymore for that award, but Marner right. will have his name tossed around a little bit. But he is their best player in the playoffs. You can't trade that. He's the only one who ever fucking shows up in the postseason. Right. You trade that, you're not going past the first round until God knows when. Right. Start counting again. So you can't move them. Your your offense is what it is. And I'm sorry, but you didn't bring in Tyler Bertuzzi just to trade him. Right, exactly. You didn't bring in Max Domi just to trade him. No one else really gets excited by Carly Yonkrock for 2.1 for three. <laughs> All right, have fun on that one. Carly Yonkrock. Like, okay. And then let's get to their defense. There's seven guys. Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, John Klingberg. Is he really their fucking savior for making Mark Giordano their seventh defenseman at 40 years old? Like, come on. I Jake believe Mark Giordano is now the oldest player in the NHL, by the way. I believe so. I think so. Mm-hmm. He's making eight hundred grand for the next year. He is their seventh defenseman. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not scared. You know who might be their top pair to begin this season? Klingberg and Brody. Klingberg and uh, Riley and Klingberg. Riley and Klingberg. Yeah, that could work. But here's uh, the thing. Also, also <laughs> Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, John Klingberg, Jake McCabe all also have some form of a no trade, no movement clause. Did Brad Traveling last- walk in, look at the contracts and go, the last team <laughs> that had this many no move or no trade clauses were the Peter Shirelli Boston Bruins. So at some point they're going to miss the playoffs with all yeah. of this. With yeah. all of this, and then their goaltenders are still Ilya Samsonov and Joseph Wall because poor Martin Jones just got waived. So what Brad Living did was he came in and he said, "Here is the strength of your team. I'm going to make it just a little bit stronger." Here's the weakness of your team. 
I'm going to do almost nothing there. And here's another weakness of your team. I'm going to add Martin Jones just to remove him later. <laughs> well, well, I mean, was it damning? Was it damning for Jones or praising for Wall that he won the backup job? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess you're hoping Nicholas Robertson can come back from injured reserve and do something for you. And clock's got to be running out on that kid. He's 22, though. <laughs> but he's 22. But does it not feel like he's been around forever? Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. if you're You Toronto, had to remind me that he was 22. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you're Toronto and you give up on the kid, someone else is going to snag him right up. Mm-hmm. Easily. Right. And right. I'm sorry, but you need the help because you need to move on from somebody. Right. So this is going to be very interesting because they need to make a move that they can't make. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good point. I, they, they need, they need to make a move, but they're, they're unable to make. Right. Cause it takes two to tango. In this case, it'll take three to tango. Mm-hmm. Now, my argument with Edmonton and it was almost my argument with this. I I've, I've done too much thinking on it. I'm, I'm rolling it back on these guys. They can outscore mm-hmm. their problems, but I'm not sure it's going to take home the division for them. Mm-hmm. So you think, you think Toronto, you think Toronto doesn't come out of the Atlantic, come out of the top spot of the Atlantic. I see them probably number two. See, I think it's a close race. Obviously, Boston's not running away with it the way they did last year. Right. But I see Toronto at number two. Boston's not running away with it like they did last year. We're going to get more into it when we do the divisions. But I will say I I, I will say in defense of Toronto, of Toronto, probably I think they take it. I think they take the Atlantic. Is that the middle of the division became is now a lot more compacted yes, than it was last year. I think the teams that are in that middle are lower than the top three, top two especially, by quite a bit still. Okay. Okay. We'll get more into that, but... Oh, absolutely. If you want to, fast forward a bit, and then you'll hear us talking about the divisions. Go to that part. Yeah, right. Exactly. But we have we'll we'll jump over to the other part of the Eastern Conference, the New Jersey Devils. We'll touch on them real quick. Can I do an aside here about the Devils Final. real quick? Yes, go ahead. They are becoming the most annoying team. Them or their fans? Yes. Okay. Just make it by extension. Better. They posted an Instagram yesterday saying thank you to the New York Islanders for helping us become the only undefeated team this preseason. Fuck you. It's the goddamn preseason, guys. Come on. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, Like, they are, they are, 
they have a very young team, which is attracting a very young fan base. And I think that's feeding into that. Yes. So true, bestie, etc. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, where that, you... that, that, that has nothing to do with the team itself. I, I saw that last night and my, my brain factory reset. Yeah. And I was like, are you, is it really? Just say that you won. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think we're going to get any fire Lindy chance this year? No, but do you think they're going to regret not, not, do you think that, do you think, do you think Lindy is the guy? For a team this young. Long term. It it worked out last year. It worked out last year. Last year was a success. I would say last year was a success. Can, uh, even considering the ending. I would say. For now. Yes. Because. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well because the beginning of the year last year. Didn't start the way they wanted it to. The Fine. team said. We are sticking with Lindy. And the players bought in. And it mm -hmm. worked. They have mm -hmm. now seen this young team. The younger players are very much a what have you done for me lately thought process. Well, lately they listened to Lindy Ruff all the way to, what was it, the second round of the playoffs? Yep. Mm -hmm. So he's proven. And you have a mm -hmm. lot of the same guys back. I think they've gotten better because some of where they were weak last year, they brought guys in. That Curtis top six Lazar. is legit, man. But look at the bottom six now, though. Curtis mm -hmm. Lazar, Thomas Noshik, Dawson Mercer. Like Dawson Mercer's on your third line. I know. That's deep. That is depth. But think like now you're gonna you're gonna have Curtis Lazar and, and Thomas Noshik on your fourth line dominating the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. That, that's a that, that, that's a fantastic pen, penalty kill penalty they, kill duo. They could very easily have the best penalty kill in the league this year. Mm -hmm. Like very mm -hmm. easily. Your third your third line your third line could be if it shakes out like this. Palat, Hala, Mercer. <laughs> like stop. Yeah. No, Dotson Mercer could center Eric Hall on the left and Andre Pallot on the right. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could do it that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. your, your top line is still going to be Hughes, Bratton, and Meyer. I hate I, how good that is. And then your second line could be Nico Heeshire, Andre Pallot, and Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. That means your third line could be McLeod, Mercer, and... Who was it last year? Was it Bastion? Uh, Nathan Bastion, yeah. Which would leave your fourth line? Curtis Lazar on the right, Thomas Noshik in the middle, Eric Halla on the left. Could be it too. Halla can play up and down. So Halla can, oh yeah, and he can play center. He can play wing. Like he's he's he was a perfect acquisition for them two a year and a half ago, and now they brought in Noshik and and Lazar to add to that depth. And oh by the way, Noshik has been in the playoffs before. Mm -hmm. Toffoli's been in the playoffs before. Like they, they Toffoli's won a cup, has he not? I'm pretty sure he was on one of those uh, Kings teams, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And oh, by the way, they're adding Luke Hughes to the defense full time. If he takes, if he if he takes if he takes a step, that's going to be fucking massive for them. 
And I, I hate, I, I don't want to say I hate to say it, but like, and Akira Schmidt is a year older. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not forget, Akira Schmidt is only 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So like, Vanacek is enough to get him through the, through the regular season mm-hmm. and do well. Schmidt is the guy for the playoffs. Do you they platoon need- them until then? I would. No. I would. Um, I think Vanacek may get 60% of the starts just so you can keep Schmid more ready for the playoffs. And right. Vanacek, it's one of those things where it's like you go into it, yeah, like um, like the Panthers did last year. Vanacek is the starter. As soon as he falters, you go to Schmid. Mm-hmm. Lyon right. was the starter. As soon as he faltered, you go to Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's how they have to approach it. But at the same time, though, they've been linked to Connor Hellebuck for months. At some point, that's got at some point. I think if the Jets, if the Jets just come out putrid, which is a distinct possibility, that trade's got to happen at some point, right? I would think so. I think Schmid would be going the other way. Not you don't think Vanacek would be just to make the numbers work? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's not forget this team has cap space. They have almost $2 million in cap space right now. If that right. deal happens in a month and a half, that cap space number could be closer to three. Mm-hmm. Cause as of right now, they're projected to have almost eight and a half at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So they can accumulate more before they pull the trigger on that deal. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. You know, cause you could do Schmied and, a conditional pick for Hellebuck. But this this team... I think, okay, so I think the... It, it, say this trade happens in this in this universe. It's completely contingent on, on what your favorite GM wants to do with his next move. Does he want to remain competitive while understanding that he needs... He wants to get younger around the edges? Or, do, or does he finally drop sack and blow it up. I don't think the move happens at least for Hellebuck. Mhm. Because I think I, Winnipeg can't get out of their own way. <laughs> they just can't. I I think what'll end up happening, I think Schmidt takes a takes a step during the season. Vanacek plays pretty well. The mm-hmm. team in front of them, they also let's not forget, they are ignorant if you will to what a president's trophy feels like so for them well tell me their top six doesn't have the potential to help carry them to a a, a president's trophy mm-hmm. i think what you could see from them is a division title and probably another two or three round exit in the playoffs mm-hmm because of their youth, they will. It's a process. It's a process. They'll take the next step in the process this year. They I are still learning how to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this is a team that I look at and I go, they, they very well could win the president's trophy because if you look at some of these other teams, this is a team that has very few weaknesses, except maybe their, maybe their age. They're, that they're very quickly. Their age and their goaltending. And that's why I think Lindy Ruff is a good coach for them because the even though they're young, they've bought into him. Mm-hmm. And if the team management doesn't give up on Ruff, 
neither will they. Mm-hmm. Again, for me, their weakest, biggest weakness is goaltending. If you look at some of these other teams, though, that we're talking about, Boston, Carolina, Toronto, Vegas, Edmonton, Colorado, they're all much older teams that sit there and go, I don't give a fuck about the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. I want the cup. Yeah, nor should they, really. Right. And so I look at New Jersey and I go, I don't want to say they care about the President's Trophy, but they're the, the President's Trophy might be that step. You know what I mean? Might be that step right. that they need to take. It's, it's the step that they need to take, but it's also Boston's had one. I'm pretty sure Carolina has had one. Like mm-hmm. Vegas, didn't they get damn near close to one? Like Colorado, they've been close to one. But you know what they all also have? Boston has a player with a cup on mm-hmm. that team. Carolina has a coach who's won a cup for that team. Mm-hmm. Now, Toronto hasn't done shit, but Vegas, <laughs> they just won a cup. Colorado just yeah, they literally won a cup. Yeah, exactly. Edmund, Ed, Edmonton's going through it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't think Edmonton got a president's trophy in the McDavid era run yet. Have they? Uh, President's Trophy, no. I didn't think so. They've come close, though. They've come close, but no. I just think that New Jersey, they're more ignorant to what it takes to go from regular season to playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because all the other ones, Boston, Carolina, uh, Vegas, Edmonton, Colorado, Dallas, they've all had deep playoff runs Mm -hmm. with failure and with success. Right. New Jersey, they, they yeah. haven't. So are you saying basically it's just they need to fail first? Well, for them, I see them, I don't want to say accidentally winning the President's Trophy because <laughs> it's not Someone what I asked words into winning the President's Trophy. <laughs> I mean it in the sense of like, if they get down to the end of the year, they're going to keep their foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. Boston's going to sit there and be like, we want to get healthy. We have our playoff spot clinched. We want to get healthy. Carolina, same thing. We want to be at our playoff spot clinched. We want to get healthy. We learned from last year. Vegas, let's get Mark Stone's back good. Like they, All of them are going to sit there and go, fuck the President's Trophy. We want to be healthy going into the playoffs. New Jersey is young enough where they're like, we're still made of rubber. Let's just keep going. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, everybody else kind of, you know, you, you hear the air brakes just get slammed in the truck. Meanwhile, New Jersey's the one that just keeps running the marathon and mm-hmm. right into the president's trophy. Mm-hmm. I don't like what you think it is. So obviously if, because you're talking a lot about New Jersey winning the president's trophy. So that must mean you have them, you have them in, in the Metro. I have them. I have them winning the division. I think okay. I'm not fully convinced just yet, mm-hmm. but I, I, they could very easily do it. They're one of the top two. They're very good. They are very good. They are very good. I look at this team and I don't consider their goaltending a weakness more than. So I'm going to delineate a little bit here. I'm going to go into, I'm going to go into semantics. It's the weakest part of their roster. There it is. I don't consider it a weakness. I consider it the weakest part. And there is a difference there. There is a distinction. Yes. Because I think Schmid has shown flashes of the ability to take over not only a game, but a series. He stole a series. Right. That's my point. Yeah. 
we got to see. Flash. That was he turned the light on and just put it on him and was like, this is me, bitches. The question is, is he, <laughs> is he closer to Ilya Sorokin or Aiden Hill? That's that's this year is where you find out. Right. <laughs> is, is he Alex Lyon or is he Ilya Samsonov? Yeah. Right. So who's a, who's a good Swiss goaltender? Uh, um, Cause he's Swiss. Schmied. Uh, <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, but it, it's funny. Cause we're going from the Metro mm-hmm. from the top two teams in the Metro to the other top two team in the Metro in Carolina. They still haven't lost cup winners. They still haven't yeah, lost. They, they didn't get swept. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be trying. I'm, I'm going to try to be as objective as I can here with this, but I, I do want to say, I do want to say with all of my throat and all of my heart, all of my soul, all of the air in my lungs, fuck the Carolina hurricanes. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Uh, they were only one point ahead of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They were, 22 points behind Boston, but one point ahead of New Jersey for second place. <laughs> Gotta good, love that. Good for you. <laughs> um, also, real quick, one of the delineating factors for me between the two, uh, last year New Jersey was a plus 65 in goal differential. Carolina Hurricanes were plus 53. Mm-hmm. So New Jersey knows how to score. New Jersey knows how to score. Carolina also knows how to score, but they get to three goals and they stop. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are three to the team <laughs> they are is it sad that i sit there and i go they kind of remind me the way they're built of like that 1980 soviet team where you look at them and you go they're the best all-around team and then you go why did they fail they're kind of there right now aren't they like I like, mean, I, I, I they're there until proven otherwise, but they haven't proven otherwise yet. Right. And like, I get it. Last year, Svechnikov injured out for the playoffs. Does that mm-hmm. help them? Not at, not at all. It doesn't help them at all. But at the same time, like, first of all, why the fuck are they bringing back both Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I think if anything, you should have let Ranta walk maybe kept Anderson for another year and put Kachekov as the full-time backup instead of doing this weird three-goalie rotation that they're doing. I don't hate the Freddie Anderson 3.4 for two years deal. And I don't hate hate the Auntie Ranta 1 for 1.5 deal. But you don't hate them in a vacuum. That's just it. Yeah. (laughs) And and if they didn't have Kachekov, I'd be like, okay, you brought back your starting goaltenders for $5 million. Like, that's awesome. But then yeah. what the fuck did you sign Peter Kachekov to a four-year, $2 million contract for? Mm-hmm. The that's only- one where I think that's one where um, GMs have been doing this thing a lot more lately than they ever used to. And I think it's a product of the flat cap is they try to get ahead of the development curve. I, you I saw it with a guy like Matthias Samuelson for Buffalo, for example. He played, I believe it was 39 games in the NHL. He got signed for an eight-year deal. I don't blame them for doing that. Yeah. But my point is, is if he, like, how far behind is Kochekov on his development that you had to go out and sign both of them that you couldn't use a 60-40 split with uh, with Anderson and Kochekov? I, 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 I think it's, I think, 
I think this might be overthinking on the part of Don Waddell. Probably. Um, 2.44910 save percentage last year for Kachekov. Pretty good. Pretty decent. Last year in yeah. the minors, 2.64905. Average numbers. I, mean, I get in the majors, pretty good. Them. So you can do paper transactions left and right with the kid. I sure. get it. But here's the thing. You gave him two million bucks because you you yeah you're trying to stay ahead of the development curve. No. Stick with the plan, Sparky. <laughs> because no. what's going to happen is is he's going to get a little bit of NHL time, and what now he's going to be better than the other two. Like here's the thing: if you oh no if, not that like what <laughs> if you sign Freddie Anderson and you go into this season with Anderson and Kochekov and Kochekov sits there and he blows for a month. And you go, holy fuck, he's not ready. You can go sign a backup for Anderson. Auntie Ranta's probably still going to be there. <laughs> that's, you know, that's. Uh, and if uh, Auntie Ranta, and, and to, be fi- to be fair, like no disrespect to Auntie Ranta here. But if Auntie Ranta isn't there, there's about four or five other Auntie Rantas. Yeah, Martin Jones being one of them. Boom, there you go. <laughs> like, it, it's just. Really? What are we doing? If you were if if you weren't that sure, like okay, I would also make the case if you were that unsure, why did you go two for four? Why not two by one point two five? Yeah. Why did you go for four years? Walker and what that does what that did was walked him right into UFA. Right. Yeah. What a dumbass move to do. Anyway, <laughs> also dumbass move to do. You brought in Tony D'Angelo again. <laughs> Is it wrong for me to sit there and go, I think it's going to work this time? Um, I mean, think about this. Their left side is Dimitri Orloff, Jacob Slavin, Brady. Is it Shea? Brady Shea. Shea. Brady Shea. Yeah. Uh, with Caleb Jones' ability to play on the left side. Now the right side, you have Brett Burns, Brett Pesci, Tony D'Angelo. That is... Like, you're putting Tony that is, You know what that is? That's seven very good players, but nothing that no one really great. I don't know. Jacob Slavin is pretty fucking good. Jacob, okay. Jacob Slavin, is, if the Norris was still... If the Norris was still best defensive defenseman, he'd probably win it every year. He'd be in the conversation for sure. Because I think your top pairing is going to be Slavin and Burns. And then you'll have Brady Shea uh, or actually Dimitri Orloff. Yeah, there you go. You're not going to pay $7.75 million to have Dimitri Orloff on the third pair. Yeah, no. You'd put him on the, I'd put him on the second pair only because he's behind Jacob Slavin, who's your alternate captain. Mm. Um, and then I think you could pair... Dimitri Orloff with Caleb Jones and be okay mm-hmm. because then you pair Dimitri, uh, D- Dimitri, Tony D'Angelo with, um, with Brady Shea in an mm-hmm. almost irrelevant third pairing role. And you kind of keep him in the dark because yeah. all you have to do is sit there and go, listen, you're, pl- you're playing third pairing minutes. We can easily replace you with Jalen Chatfield. Shut the fuck up. We're going to put you on the power play as a little treat if you can, if you can hold off on being racist for a while. Yeah. If, if you can be normal for a little bit. 
why can't you just what what's that movie where with, with that meme of uh why can't where the mom like goes in the back seat and asks the kid why can't you just be normal and the kid just screams the kid know. is tony d'angelo <laughs> why are you the way you are i don't know god i wish you weren't who you are and were somebody else entirely this is one of my favorite favorite insults when <laughs> When he gets back, they easily have one of the best lines in hockey, though, up front. Aho, Teravayan, and Sveshnikov. Well, okay, so I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I think that this is one of the deepest teams in the league. No doubt about it. I, let me finish. I think it's one of the best lines in hockey, but I also think they should be broken up. Because of that depth? Because of the depth. Because you can go with Aho, Teravainen, and Bunting on the top line. Bunting can score. We saw that in Toronto. Bunting can also get bullied by refs. That was one of the funniest clips of the year last year. Yeah, I think he gets a reset with that, though, yeah. now that he's in Carolina. Right. Because, I mean, if anybody's going to bitch to the refs, we know it's going to be Rod the Bod anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll get into him in a minute. But keep going. Just, I mean, so fucking deep. Yesperi mm-hmm. Kakin Yemi, Martin Nietzsche's, Jesper Fast, Mar- uh, Jordan Martinuk, Stahl, Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. All the names. Yeah. Just the Ross. This is, this is a bit, this is a, this is a very good team. This is a very good team. I think that. I think that they are a I'm almost tempted like I've I've been va- I've been vacillating on this a while cuz I did a um I did a, a season preview with a low quality Bruins fan on his YouTube channel a few weeks ago. And yeah, you know, before not, the whole covid thing. I know I saw it. Yeah, before the whole covid thing. And uh I don't want to on, I don't want to pull the curtain too much here, but uh, I did pick Carolina to come out of the East. Yeah, they are capable of it. Yeah. Their, their ceiling is a Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I will agree with. They're, they're one of the few teams where I can say that is 100% a legitimate ceiling for this team. Mm-hmm. Maybe four. Four teams total, I think I can be confident enough to say that in. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're one of maybe two teams. No, I don't even know if I can say that. I think they might be the only team that I can say that about in the East. Confidently. Yeah. Because the other three I would put up there would be Dallas, Colorado, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I got Dallas and Col- I got Dallas and Colorado. Where their ceiling yeah. is truly a Stanley right. Cup championship. Uh, obviously they all have varying levels of basements and floors, but right. This team, when they're fully healthy should be the Eastern conference favorite. Yeah. I can see them taking their foot off the gas towards the end of the season to coast into the playoffs, to be healthy mm-hmm. and foregoing a division title and going mm-hmm. in as the two seed. I can see it happening because they're, well, they're kind of kind of hooked that with New Jersey a little bit. Right. I, it's just, it's going to come down to health, which is the one thing we can't predict three days before opening drop, puck drop. Mm-hmm. You can never predict health. 
Right. So I, I think this team is deep enough that they can ride through it. But mm-hmm. even if you're you're waiting, you know, you're banged up a little bit. If you've got at least the number two spot locked up, like I'm sorry, but this is a team that knows we don't need the one seed. If we can get it, great. But we'd rather win the one seed with our two with our one B team, so that Svechnikov and Aho and you know Teravainen, so they don't get hurt. What's also really really interesting about this team? They're not young, but they're not old either. They're, this is a team in its prime, I think. Yeah, and Jordan Stahl's thirty five. Yeah, Martin Oak's yeah, thirty one. Uh, Brett Burns is 38. Stahl yeah, Burns, and Burns are their old guys. Yeah, and Burns, is, Burns and Stahl are both playing at a, still playing at a very high level. Yeah, their average age is 28 and a half years old. They're still, they're, they are in the prime of their life, of their lives here. You look at their expiring contracts, like the clock isn't ticking on this team either. Well, sort of, because... Shea, Pesci, D'Angelo, Jones, Chatfield, Ranta. Those guys are all on the back end that are going to be UFAs at the end of the season. Tara Vinen, Martinuk, uh, Lemieux, and Nozin. Not, not Nozin? It's, uh, Notion. Notion. Mm-hmm. All UFAs on the front end. Seth Jarvis, Jack Drury, and Kakeniemi. Not Kakeniemi. Uh, I was going to say, Kakeniemi is there until like the he universe blows is. up. HS, they're all going to be restricted free agents. So they have 13 players coming off the books. But it doesn't, but here's the thing. It doesn't feel like that this, that this is like, this is the be all end all. Cause they have one of the deepest prospect pools in the league too. I hate this team so much. And part of it is because they're so, they're kind of, you can kind of see that they're kind of shittily run their, their owner, their owner isn't, the greatest guy in the world, but you know, millionaires hardly ever are, but there's on the hockey side of it, strictly hockey side of it. They seem to be just so well run. Their prospect pool is deep. Even with this team being as close as they are to a cup right now. But I do have one question about them. What's that? Rod Brendamore. Is he the guy? Players love playing for him. Guess what his record is in um, total games? Guess what his record is in in the. Uh, You're gonna have to tell in, me. I don't have it pulled up in the conference finals. In games. Oh, in the conference finals. Yeah, in games, total games. Not, not how many total games has he been in the conference finals? Twelve. Oh God, he's, he's got to be one in twelve. He's zero in twelve. Wow. <laughs> so, but but he hasn't been swept. But he hasn't been swept. <laughs> He's 0-12 in the Eastern Conference Finals as a head coach. Are we... If you are a Carolina fan, which if you are, I'm, I'm sorry not. about your accident of birth. But if you are a Carolina accident fan... Accidental birth or accident at birth? Accident of birth. <laughs> but, but if you are a Carolina fan... Are you looking at Rod Brendamore and going, are you are you the guy to lead us here? We have the team. We have the team that can win a cup. I think nobody can objectively look at this team, even me, who hates this team, 
can't actively look at this team and go, this team isn't a cup contender. They are absolutely a cup contender. They're one of the top cup contenders. Yeah. Is Brendan Moore the guy to lead them? Um, I think this is the year we we find out. Like for sure, for sure. Um, I would think so. Because mm-hmm. if he's not going to do it this year, where they're at one of their peaks as far as combination of prospects, like and and health, because Teravinen's coming back. Is it Teravinen? No, Svechnikov is coming back. Teravinen's in the last year of his contract. You have the assets to go out and get whatever you need at the deadline. Like. If you find you have a weak spot, you can address it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't make any moves at the deadline, that means you have said that you have everything that you need in-house. Right. Which means if you fail, it's on, yes, the players, if they don't execute, but at a certain point, their lack of execution, if they're not prepared for games, falls on the coach. I'm going to give you a scenario. You are Don Waddell. Carolina Hurricanes have just been eliminated from their fourth straight Western Eastern Conference final. They, they, I'll, I'll, I'll even throw this tidbit in there. They didn't get swept. They lost four to two. You're calling Brad Brendamore in for a meeting. What are you telling him? Considering all the history here. Well, here's the thing. Right now, Rob Brindamore is in the last year of his contract. Exactly. So are you are you extending him or are you saying thanks for your service? If we if you said it, it's a conference final. Yeah. Say they make the conference final again, but they lose again for the fourth time in his tenure. And you are the general manager. It's a cop out answer, but I got to see how it looks. And here's why. Because. Mm-hmm. Last year, we shit all over Rob Brindamore for sitting here going, oh, well, we weren't we weren't really swept if you watch the games. Like, it's a bounce here, a bounce there. Well, I have a thing about having having my head pissed on and being told it's raining. Like, fuck off right. that. Right. <laughs> I sit there and I have a conversation with him and I go, you, you, can't, you can't have press conferences like that. You can't because... treat the media like they're stupid. You can't treat the fan base like they're stupid. That's treating them like they're stupid. Like, don't right. do that. Right. Um... As it stands right now, not w- with the information provided, mm. I'm looking for a new head coach mm-hmm. because of those things. Right. If it's a 4 2 series, like you said, and a yeah. couple bounces didn't go our way, two games we, we lost in overtime, you know, fluke things, double overtime, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if he comes out with the same bullshit attitude, Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and he says, we weren't good enough, this is where this is where we failed. This is where we need to get better. Then I sit there and I go, let's talk about a two-year extension. Mm-hmm. Because he is so close. We're going to do two years because mm-hmm. I want you to build off of these last couple years. This is also a team that has spent the last few years learning how to win. So I don't want to give up right away, but if the coach is a dumbass about it and is just 
not intellectually there enough to admit that you lost four straight <laughs> games. He's either bullshitting himself or he's trying to bullshit everyone else. Either way, I don't want shit floating around my locker room. He's got to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a fair answer. It's, it's, it's just, it's predicated on how he carries himself. hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. Because the other thing too, though, is, is you've got to remember his relationship with the organization. You can't just outright fire him. Right. It well, you're not going to outright fire him. You're just going to say, we're not going to retain but, you. But that's my point is you no. can't do it during the regular season. You can't do it during the playoffs. If that's how it plays out, then you sit there and you say, listen, we are going to pitch this as a mutual parting of ways. Mm-hmm. That way there you retain your integrity. We don't sign you to a contract and nothing blows up and we can downplay this separation okay. for your benefit. Because what it, if Carolina comes out and fires him, right? What shockwaves does that send to coaching in general? That's a big backlash. Brenda Moore has gotten you this far. You firing him doesn't look good for you, but it doesn't look any better for him. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's why it has to become a mutual parting of ways. It's a complicated, it's a complicated situation because of like, if, if this was a team saying New Jersey's New Jersey's scenario, I wouldn't think twice about it, but no, it would be the fourth time they've made the conference finals and they they they're zero and four, and to put a finer point on it, in this scenario, they're two and sixteen, right. in the games. Like right. at, at at what point at what point do you just look look at what's around and go? I don't know if this is the guy to lead us, but he hasn't led us, and he's he's he it it it, it feels like he's hit the glass ceiling he's, of his. Capability. He's almost struck out twice. Yeah. Why are we not taking the bat away from him? Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. When you only get maybe one more at-bat. Yeah, right. So Carolina was the last team before we get to our Boston Bruins. I want to I dive into the Bruins, but not too, too far. Because mm-hmm. as I said, this isn't a Bruins pod, but there's a lot to, to unpack with the Bruins. Yeah, there is. Uh, every we, we've got to put it in perspective. Everybody, there wasn't a single person who was saying this team was going to set records last year for best team performances. There everybody, were teams, there were people who were saying they were going to miss the playoffs last year. People were saying they were going to miss the playoffs and that their go- number one goal was to tread water until Patrice, until uh, Brad Marchand, uh, Matt Grizzlick, and Charlie McAvoy came back from major injuries. Mm-hmm. Well, the team went on to win 65 games. 13 more than Carolina. 13 more. They had 22 points above Carolina in standings. That's a mm-hmm. massive difference. Right. They go out and they lose David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron to retirement. Everybody knows these things. Right. They trade Taylor Hall for minimal return the biggest return they got in that was cap space fine don also also their seventh defenseman now (laughs) that's about it don sweeney made moves to fill holes on the roster with that taylor hall money 
didn't bring back any of the guys they traded for at the deadline, which pissed off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You, you've said it before countless times, and I try to credit you every time I use the quote. Worse does not mean suck. Mm-hmm. They are not going to be a 65-win team again. Let me be clear about that. <laughs> I think you can agree with that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If this team drops 13 games in the standings, it puts them at Carolina, 52 wins, well over 100 points, and still one of the top five teams in the league. Mm-hmm. In the league. I want to reemphasize that. Yeah. One of the top five teams in the league. All right. I know they lost a lot, but they've also gained more than we want to give them credit for. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen from some of their youth in development camp and through the preseason, this team's not going anywhere. This team still has a ceiling of winning the division. Now before now before we get into this, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just say he said their ceiling is that they're winning the division. Not that they're winning the division. Just to be clear. Okay. <laughs> just so you don't get people jumping down your throat on that. Because okay, if you well, dare to say because if you dare to say hey this team's gonna probably still gonna be pretty good You'd be like you you get you get you, you get ang- you get weird weirdly you get anger. Andrew, like what? Well, yo, they can start jumping. The Boston Bruins are winning the division. <laughs> oh, Chris, you're a braver man than I. <laughs> Let me explain to you why. Okay. Let me ask you this: Who's their biggest competition in the division? Toronto. What team have they been able to beat over and over and over and over again? Toronto. Huh. I think it's a lot. I, I think it's a lot of averages thing at some point, but point taken. Right. Toronto's strength is scoring goals. Boston's strength is preventing goals. Mm-hmm. So if you can stop them from doing the thing that they're good at, your weakness of scoring goals is better than their weakness of stopping them. Mm-hmm. They can easily beat out Toronto. I'm not worried about Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like. What I'm worried about, you mentioned the mushy middle. Yeah. I'm worried about how the mushy middle brings them back down in their 13-game leeway to still be one of the best teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Because, well, before we get into the division too much, thoughts on the Bruins, their roster construction, We talked a lot about Sweeney earlier when I made the comparison of or brought him up with not getting penciled into a corner where he only has limited options and Mm -hmm. thinking ahead when we were talking about Shane Pinto. He brought in or he had a position where he had, what was it, nine guys, nine fighting for three spots? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that's not providing options, I don't know what is. Yeah. And two of the young guys made it. John Beecher and Matthew Poitras are I starting think, the year. I think if it weren't for waiver exemptions, 
I think Mason Lori would be on the team too because he's waiver exempt. You can save a few extra bucks by sending him down to Providence and he can get minutes down there up the wazoo. It doesn't hurt to do that. As long as he goes down with the right mentality behind it, it doesn't hurt anything. Mm-hmm. Right. As a Bruins fan, I'm only going to I'm only going to bring this into it a little bit. This is probably one of the most exciting training camps we've seen in literally years. Yeah. Because of such the uncertainty that was surrounding it. Yep. We got super tilted over a fourth line center and a future <laughs> number 1C and a future yep. we'll, we'll we'll see about that, but yes, and a potential future number 1C. Uh, making the team at 19 years old. Let's go. I still think that this that the, that this Bruins team can finish as high as second. There are still questions in the Ford core. They aren't even done yet. Like they're still they, they still got to sign they still got to sign Danton Heinen, which it looks like they're gonna do. There's still a little bit of flux here, but I like this team. I like what they did. I like how they filled the roster. I like how they didn't they, they didn't they didn't go balls deep in Todd uh, Todd. Good God, Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> I too like that how they didn't sign 54-year-old Todd Bertuzzi. Oh. <laughs> so couple things. Remember when I said that uh Sweeney gives himself options? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've got 7D right now, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzly, Fulbor, Shattenkirk, and Mitchell. Okay. Uh PTO for Dan Heinen right now seems like he's still an odd man on the outside because they got 13 forwards. Well, Greer's about to get sent down and then Beecher's going to come up. Um, Greer's going to get sent I down. Still give him 13 Beecher comes up and then Brown gets sent down. Okay. So here's the thing. Here, I, I think they wait on a Danton Heinen contract and here's why. You still have an unknown in Matt Poitras. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's very clear at this point they are looking at it as you've got your nine games that you've earned. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at their starting schedule, their first nine games, do you have that pulled up? Uh, no, but we talked it. We, we talked at length about this on the short shift and they've got out of their first nine games. It's only two got two teams that you can realistically slot for the playoffs. Right. If I remember correctly. Right. I'm, I'm going to list it off here. Uh, you've got Chicago first and then mm-hmm. Nashville on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Chicago would be interesting because you have the Bedard factor. Yeah. But Chicago's not, I, I you play him a hundred percent against Chicago. See how he does. But that looks like an extension of preseason. Mm-hmm. Nashville, on the other hand, they have a much more NHL roster. <laughs> yes. Playoff team or not, you're talking about Ryan O'Reilly, Cody Glass, Yuso Parsonen, Thomas Novak, like, you know, Colton Sissons. These are legitimate forwards of an NHL caliber that he's going up against. Gustav Nyquist, um, you know, Yakov Trenin. For me, though, when it comes to Nashville, how does he fare against Roman Yossi? How does he fare against Luke Chen and Tyson Berry and Ryan McDonough, Dante Fabro, big guys coming at him, putting him into the boards? How mm-hmm. does he do shooting against UC Soros? Mm-hmm. Again, not necessarily a playoff bound team, 
but there's yeah. some legitimate NHL talent there. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the Sharks. Then L.A. How mm-hmm. does he handle Kopitar, Deneau, and Dubois? Mm-hmm. How does he handle cross-country travel as well? How does he handle the cross-country travel? Because you have, um, is it, it's not back-to-backs, is it? No. You have no. two days. You have. Well, you actually have a back-to-back. You have the Kings and then you have the Ducks on us. Yeah. 21st and 22nd. Now, he's done the back-to-back once in the preseason and he looked, I don't want to say great. Looked good. He looked good. Mm-hmm. Two rough periods against uh, what it was Washington, right? In the second yeah. back-to-back. Yeah. But then he came back with that beautiful goal, mm-hmm. beating an NHL goaltender in Ilya Samsonov. Not Samsonov. Uh, Darcy, Darcy Kemper. Kemper. The one they replaced Samsonov with. I was going to say, but, you went back in time there for a minute. <laughs> but we get through. Detroit is kind of a nothing much going on there. And then Florida, I don't put a lot there. Mm-hmm. One of those games. I would love to see them hold him out in because you don't have to do nine consecutive games. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he does against Toronto. Yeah. As his ninth game. Well, Toronto ends up being his 10th game because no, I'm the, saying the, hold him out of one of those games. I'll hold him out of one. Okay. All yeah. right. Hold him out Same. of one or two. Like, I'm sorry. Are you going to learn a lot from him playing against the San Jose sharks? No, you may you, learn a lot. No. But you may be able to start a start some good momentum against sure. a team like the Sharks. Sure. Yeah. Maybe you give them the first game and then you give them the Nashville game off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But somewhere in there, you can literally tell them, hey, you're 19. We we don't right. we don't want to kill you. Right. We, but we do <laughs> we want to see what you can do against Toronto. Right. That's the one where I look at it and I go, if he can do well against Toronto, if they can somehow push off one of his games so he can play against Toronto, he can stay Mm -hmm. on this team all year. Right. If he starts to struggle, if he starts to dwindle, if, if it starts to catch up where you go, he's not ready for 82 games Mm -hmm. because this isn't the kid that you keep around just to give some extra minutes. He's not a 13th forward. No, he's not. You or I'm uh you don't they're not gonna do what they're not gonna do what Seattle did with Shane Wright. Exactly. Yeah, you, you do not treat him the way Seattle treated Shane Wright with their options. He's either they have two options. They're going to deem he's ready for the National Hockey League, or they're not. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's gonna yeah. get at least you're not gonna see him for four games and then send him back and be like, oh well, let's bring him back for another four later. That'd be weird. That'd be weird. You just don't do it that way. So you could, you you legally could. could. Yes, you could. But they won't. won't. That's not something something teams do. If you keep him, you keep him. And you find a different way to get Danton Heinen on this roster. If you really, really want him, like you Mm -hmm. said, wave AJ Greer, wave Patrick Brown, whatever. All right. If you send him back, that opens up the spot in the 13 forward spots for Danton Heinen. Mm-hmm. Now, first and foremost, you also have to look at it. How do your lines look? Because with Poitras here, 
I'm sorry, I don't want him on the third line between Frederick and Geeky. So I think what they're going to end up doing, and this is just me extrapolating, is I think they're going to open the season. It feels like it feels like they're going to open the season with him on the third line. And then what's going to happen is they're going to kind of rove him a little bit. I mean, he's 19. He can double shift. He can play with Geeky and Frederick and then stay out there and play with DeBrusque and Marshan mm-hmm. for a shift here and there. Right. And then if and then if he, you know, gets like an instant spark with him, be like, okay, next game, we'll have him start at the top six. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, this is a guy that I would love. I mean, I get why you don't want to bounce Pavel Zaka back out to the wing. I understand. You want to see what you have with him in the middle. Right. Ideally, though, I would put Zaka on the left of Poitra and Pasternak on the right. You know what that also does? What? Frederick Coyle. Exactly. That's, a, that's that's some chemistry right there. No, that's exactly why. Because then you go... Um, if, if you do those guys there, then you can have Freddie Coyle... And Geeky, uh, I forget how I had it. I don't remember exactly. Um, but then you also end up with Marshan and DeBrusque still together. I right. think your ideal scenario, though, right now, I would love to see him between Marshan and DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I mean, Pasta on the right would be even better with, I mean, you could put, Van Riemsdyk, or even DeBrusque on the left. I think we'll see DeBrusque on the left a, a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing that that I, um, I've talked about is Sweeney loves his versatility, yep. and Sweeney loves his money ball. Yep. Money puck. This is how this team is. This team is is situated. This team is is constructed with so many plug and play, you know, snap pieces together in different ways, forms and fashions to form a cohesive whole. Oh it's, yeah, uh, that's why. Yeah. But that's why you're seeing a guy like Brett Harrison kicked out to the wing. Kuntar has been kicked out to the wing. Farinacci, he's playing center, but he's been kicked out to the wing. Like. You're, yeah, they're yeah. getting time on the wings to make them more versatile. Merkulov, um, too. Merkulov as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that's really shaken out from this is they're going to try to move a defenseman. Um, does that give that gives so that's Lorai? I'm assuming to bring Lorai back up. Yeah. Now, I sent it to you guys. Uh, Thomas didn't check his DMs for the show. I'll yell at him for that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the pairings that it had crossed my mind. I'll put it this way. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have hated seeing him do it. If you had done McAvoy or how how was McAvoy and Grizzly? Not, no, let me, let me rethink. How did I have it? It was Grizz McAvoy. Grizz McAvoy, uh, Carlo Lori. Lindholm Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. We or Lindholm Mitchell with Shattenkirk as the seventh defenseman. I want to see how Shattenkirk looks it looks in the system before I'm before I'm kicking Mitchell 
into the starting lineup. Mitchell reminds me so much of Connor Clifton, early Connor Clifton, and it's kind of scary. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I just I feel like Shattenkirk didn't quite show me a lot, but not enough to get out of the lineup. He's nowhere mm. near as bad as Derek Forbort. He also just came off a season where he was a part of one of the worst defensive cores assembled in the last decade, and he kept his head above water. That's got to count for something. Right. Like, a guy doesn't become cashed in five months like that. Right. But I, he's also, like, the ideal seventh defenseman because you can rotate him in and Mitchell out. It would allow you to rotate Lorai in and out because you could fluctuate Lindholm up and down the lineup. Grizzlick mm-hmm. down the lineup because you could do during a game, you could do a, a Grizzlick Shattenkirk pair. You could do a Lori McAvoy pair. Like everybody would get their minutes, but you'd have 60 minutes of ice time with either McAvoy, Carlo or Lindholm on the ice at all times. Mm-hmm. That that's my thought behind it. Okay. That being, that being said, I get why they've done what they've done. I think they're going to look to move somebody. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if they try to move a guy like Mitchell just because of his youth and he's shown something. If they can get him in the lineup, he can showcase a little bit and they can flip him, then they can bring Lorai up. I don't see them being able to ship Derek Forbort out to very many places because of his contract. Grizzlick is the only other one I can see. But if you're shopping Grizzly that, like that, everyone knows you're trying to move him. You're not going to get nearly enough for him. You're not going to get nearly enough for him. And also, you have to be doubly, triply sure that Lorai is Lorai is ready because Grizzly right. is an actual, useful, legitimate middle four defenseman in the NHL. That's like, where you approach, you call up, your calling teams going, hey, I'm shopping Ian Mitchell. And they go, well, what about that Matt Grizzly guy? And you go, yeah, I, I guess I can make him available. What are you offering? Yeah. Yeah, right. You downplay how much you third want. round pick click. <laughs> right. You downplay how much you actually want to move Grizzly by saying we're shopping this other token. Okay. Is it gonna work? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But that's the approach you have to take with it because you have to make it look like you're not trying to move Grizzly in order for him to have any value whatsoever. Right. At all. And then you hope someone's dumb enough to go, well, what about Forbort? Oh, we already launched him to the moon. His plane, his his rocket ship takes off in an hour. Yeah, if, if you want to make an offer, you better do it now. <laughs> but what? I'm I'm not. <laughs> hey, I'm we not hear your sorry. penalty kill kind of sucks. I'm not even sorry. Like this is a team that legitimately is as deep, if not deeper, than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Deeper in goaltending, deeper on defense, not deeper at forward. I but, would say, I would say deeper at forward. I like their bottom six better than Toronto's bottom six as a whole. That's why you come. That's why you come to puck off because Chris has uh, Chris is firing off those hot takes left and right. Because Lauko, let me let me position it this way: penalty kill, Lauko. Beecher, DeBrusque, Coyle, Zaka. They can all do it. Mm -hmm. Power play, Pasternak, Martian, Zaka, Coyle, Poitra. They can all do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but let's line up the seven defensemen. Charlie McAvoy, 
Hampus Lindholm, Brandon Carlo, I win. I don't even have to get to the bottom three. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but even Derek Forbort can out-defend some of the Toronto defensemen. Jesus. Would you rather have have Derek Forbort or 40-year-old Mark Giordano? I know your personal feelings, but... (laughs) I was like, do you really want me to answer this question? (laughs) Realistically, Forbort has more to offer. Mm -hmm. Not a a lot. Yeah. But not, not a lot. But enough. That there's a conversation there. And I'm sorry, but do I have to ask about the goaltenders? Yeah. Really? You have two legitimate. You 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 have the Vesna would, Trophy winner winner and the guy and a guy who would start at two at two thirds of the league. I would take Brandon Bussey over Ilya Samsonov and uh, and Wall. Mm-hmm. I would take all three Boston goaltenders than I would over anyone that Toronto has right now. I have a lot of faith in the defense and goaltending, and there's going to have to be a lot of faith in the defense and goaltending to start. But this Bruins team is built to win a lot of 3-2 games. How many? And those games are the kind of games that are played in the playoffs. Toronto isn't. No. So we'll we'll circle around, starting with the Atlantic. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you see the Atlantic finishing? So you gave you 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 haven't fully convinced me, but you at least gave me cause for pause. But I Perfect. still got Toronto. Toronto is one. So that means Boston's two for you. Yes, Boston's two. Tampa's three. Even with Probably. the Vazi injury, I think I think it's only gonna, it's only going to be for eight to ten weeks. You know, I I think it's going to keep them out longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we only we only we can only go by the information we're provided. So I'm only I'm if I'm gonna go by that. In his back for someone who's played more hockey than anybody in the last five years. He's gonna need the extra rest. Yeah. They also have nobody, fucking nobody. They have a road cone behind <laughs> him. All right. That this injury is going to set them back so far. And part of it too, Steven Samkos is pretty pissed off with the team right now. That's going to leak into the locker room. So I actually have a quick question about that. Shoot it. Did Julian Breezebois fuck up with how, with that public statement about his contract? 100%. <laughs> not only did he fuck up with the statement, but he fucked up by not even calling him. Yeah. He fucked up the fuck up. Julian Brisebois is a, for those who don't know, before he was a general manager, he was a defense attorney for the, for the uh, Royal crown in Canada. (laughs) And his statement after Stamkos made public his say dissatisfaction with the contract talks was a absolute masterclass in saying 10 paragraphs of florid prose 
what could have been said in one sentence. <laughs> I don't fucking feel like doing this part of my job right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. So, real quick, you have the Toronto same thing Washington. with the drafting thing. Right. Fuck them kids and fuck you too. <laughs> right. No kidding. <laughs> Breeze was a character. I, yeah. I, so you have Toronto one, Boston two, mm -hmm. Tampa three. Tampa three. Yes. Who's four? This is where the mushy middle gets, gets a little complicated. See, I have the mushy middle starting at three. Mm hmm. Four. We can work backwards. Who do you have dead last? Montreal. And above them. That's the mushy middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, nailed it. Three, eight, and then fucking four through seven is is pick a hat, pick out of a hat, man. Um, seven. I'll go seven. This might be a little bit of a hot take. Ottawa. Okay. Here's why. Here's why. Fire DJ Smith. And you have something legit going, going there. Fire DJ Smith. Hire Shane. Hire. Hire. Jesus Christ. Sign Shane Pinto. And don't hire Mike Babcock. And don't hire Mike Babcock. And don't give him your phone. All right. Before we finish your mushy metal here. I might give you some ideas. I, I, I don't like that phrasing. <laughs> I might give you some ideas. So I'm going to leave. I, I'm telling you, Boston, Toronto, one and two in that order again. Okay. Okay. I actually, I'm going to push Buffalo into three. And here's why. They were only seven points behind Tampa Bay last year. They got more than seven points better. And it's going to take Tampa Bay a long time to get caught up from the Vasilevsky injury. I do have them at four. Okay. So Boston, you and uh, you and Loqual are uh, kindred spirits here. Boston, Toronto, Buffalo, Tampa. Then I'm going to put Ottawa, Florida, Detroit, Montreal. Toronto, Boston, Tampa, Buffalo. Detroit. See, I think Detroit's going to do some selling once they're out no. of it. And so that's going to bump them down, but they're not. I could see Detroit finishing last. The problem that I have with that is they, it, it's a 12 point plus swing from seventh mm -hmm. last year to eighth last year between yeah. them and Montreal. And I know Montreal was so hampered by injury. They can make up that 12 point gap. I'm just not sure that they have the ability to do as much as we think because their goaltending is so weak mm -hmm. and their defense is not strong. Who uh Detroit's? No, Montreal. Montreal, okay. They're they're getting there. They're building a defense, but it's not built yet. No. All right. Not, not that they don't have much built right now. No. So they have they, this is they, new team field. they have a couple of decent players, but Right. They're still a couple years away from me. Um, mm -hmm. Buffalo, I think they take a huge step forward because, I mean, Tage Thompson has proven what he is. You've mm -hmm. got offensive firepower. They, one of the, they were one of the best offenses in the league, and they just added Zach fucking Benson. I can't believe he made the team. Huge ups to him, man. 
I can believe it. Did you see how he was playing? No, he's been great. He was great. No, he's great. No, it's more. How did? Well, okay, maybe not. I can't believe he made the team. I can't believe he lasted to thirteen. Pick thirteen. Okay, there you go. Twelve, thirteen, twelve, whatever it was. Yeah. So they just added Zach Benson to this team that was already one of the top offenses in the league. Their defense got a little bit better. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. They, you know, Connor Clifton isn't. You know, he's he's not Ray Bork out there. <laughs> Chris, they have him. They Chris, they have they have him playing top pair right With now. With Colleen. Oh boy. <laughs> Listen, again, I am. I am. That is appointment viewing. I have to not Ray Bork. He's not, but he's better than what they had last year. I suppose that's fair. Eric Johnson is better than what they had last year. Their defense will be better than what it was last year. Their so, goaltending will be way better than it was last year. That's if Levi can take that step. He already will. He came in last year and said, oh, this is the step. I'm putting my foot on it right now. Oh, the season's over. Yeah. Because he didn't really have that great of a preseason to be completely fair. I, I don't think he would. I don't think his preseason is conducive to what his regular season will be. Will he that's struggle fair. at that, times? That's, fair. Yeah. that's absolutely fair. That's absolutely fair. Will he struggle at times? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Right. But he he can bring to Buffalo what Matt Poitras can bring to the Bruins. Benson, you mean? No. Yeah. No, Levi. Devin Levi. Oh, as far, oh, as, far oh. as a youthful oomph kick in the ass. Over a position that they really needed to fill. Okay. Exactly. Now, now I get it. Now I get it. Exactly. Listen, like Devin Levi is better than anything they had last year. That wasn't Devin Levi. Mm -hmm. And so you're already going to play more confident, whether the kid is on his game or not, you're playing more confident. They were seven points behind Tampa Bay. They were one point behind the Florida Panthers. One yeah. fucking point. And it wasn't even their own point. It was fucking Pittsburgh. <laughs> this year they very easily overtake florida because florida is hampered by injuries to start the season ekblad mm -hmm. out montour yeah. out replaced with <laughs> riley smith uh, uh mike riley mike riley yep and uh oliver ekman larson woof yeah dog shit and woof like they're and 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 yes, they did the right thing. They sent Spencer Knight down to the American Hockey League for a conditioning stint because they're getting him back. Right. Spencer Knight is their wild card, but he's not there yet. Mm -hmm. They brought in Lucas Dostal to play in his place until he's there, essentially. Because Sergei Bobrovsky in the regular season is Swiss fucking cheese. And we, we saw him turn into a pumpkin in real time. Right. So Sergei Bobrovsky is nothing to hang your hat on right now. Mm -hmm. And Lucas Dostal is good, but he's not that good. Not you are. Well, well you, you, you're you going to have to do a little edit here. Your Dostal is not who you're talking about here. Dostal is for Anaheim. Who's the one they got from Anaheim? Stolarts. Stolarts. Damn it. Mm -hmm. I, I confused the two. It's fine. I, yeah. Whatever. Fine. It's eleven. It's eleven o'clock at night. Stolarts. Whatever. Lucas Dostal. 
they're very similar. <laughs> they're very, very similar. Let's be real. All right. They could have they could have picked one. It doesn't matter. They're not when when your number two and three defensemen are Mike Riley and Oliver Ekman Larson. Doesn't matter who your goaltender is. You're giving up goals. You're falling behind. Yeah, that Montour, that Montour, uh, Montour Ekblad injuries to start the year are gonna really, really hurt. That's why I can see them finishing close to like that 92-91 point that they had last year at fourth and fifth is gonna happen at fifth and sixth between them and Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I, I favor Ottawa in that because they're going to be healthier for longer and their goaltending tandem is better overall. Right. So that's part of it. They're, they're going to get a kick in the butt from, from having some healthier players, Josh Norris, namely, um, you know, so Ottawa will have a better season as well, but one, one through four Boston, Toronto, I put Buff. I think Buffalo is going to come out to a stronger start than Tampa. Tampa's going to claw their way back into it. The question is, is whether or not they're going to be a playoff team, because the Metro can very easily have five teams come out of it. Very true. So, how do you see the Metro filing uh, filling out? I think the top three in the Metro is going to be a fucking dogfight all year. It's going to be entertaining. Uh, Carolina, New Jersey Rangers. In that order. So you're, you're just keeping the same order as last year. I don't really see, I don't really see anybody who made this a significant step to be over them, except maybe, maybe, maybe. The Rangers are interesting to me because I still think they're a very good team. I also think that they really miscalculated. Um, yeah. They really miscalculated something here. I know. I, I know one thing they miscalculated. What's your thought? Jonathan Quick? 100%. Oh, no. <laughs> 100%. Oh, my they God. They ride Igor so much. Because they're, they're going to have to. They're going to burn him out. Uh. They're going to burn him out. Didn't they wave Jonathan Quick? Uh, um, I, I don't think so. Did they? I thought I read somewhere that they were considering it or that they did or something. I, I don't know. Jonathan quick is done. He's done. He's been, he's burnt. He, uh, he's burnt. He's burnt. That's it. That's it. He's burnt. It. He's burnt. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is they don't have anybody other than Igor and that's a big problem. Yeah. And I can see that jumping them down to fourth. So Carolina, Carolina, New Jersey, and they're going to be battling one, two all year long. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say New Jersey, Carolina. And you know what? You will be completely within your right on that. But again, it's it's one of the two. They'll probably finish within a point like they did last year. Like I just I think New Jersey is going to sit there and almost like I said, almost accidentally win first place. <laughs> because by the way, quick quick was not waived. Quick no, he's was not waived. I just double checked. No, I appreciate. It. I thought I read that he was, but they're gonna yeah, wave yeah. him at some point because he's not good. Mm-hmm. I have it going: New Jersey, Carolina, Pittsburgh, New York Rangers. Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh is uh, Pittsburgh's a good a good pick. Um, I think that even though the, even though they're very old, 
I, I'm, I'm so close, so close to bumping Columbus above the Rangers as well. First, first of all, we can both agree that Columbus is not the worst team in this division. Not anymore. Not anymore. By far, they're not. Mm-hmm. Now, they do have questions in goal. Tarasov is hurt. They claim Spencer Martin. I think they waived Martin after when Tarasov mm-hmm. got healthy again, or they will. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's not their starting. Um, Merzlikens is their starter. He'll be better. Their defense will be better. Fintilli will add to the offense. You're not going to have Patrick Line coming out breaking his wrist the first month into the season. You're not going to lose Zachary four games in again. Again, yes, you hope. So with just those facts alone, I can see them bouncing above Philly, maybe Washington. Washington does have their own big acquisition coming back of John Carlson. Mm. Mm -hmm. I still think they're not. They're not. They're not a playoff team. Washington, I don't uh, think so. You know what? I, you you kind of convinced me. Yeah, you kind of convinced me though with with um with the Rangers because I I was kind of teetering on that, and then I, I I guess I had to I guess I had to hear. I was like, am I going crazy? Is Jonathan Quick completely just washed out? But man, no, like he's done. I know I know we I know we have to take preseason with a grain of salt, but he was bad last year too. That's what I'm saying. He was so putrid last year that they couldn't keep him in LA. They had to get rid of him. Yeah. Good for him. He got his other cup with Vegas. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. He should have have taken that and ran off into the sunset and said, I'm retiring. Mm -hmm. He is done. He is cooked. The New York Islanders only savior is their goaltender, Ilya Sorokin. Three yards in a cloud of dust. If if three yards in a cloud of dust was a hockey team, they'd be the New York Islanders. But the problem is, is they're too fucking consistent. Man, you know, if you are, if, if you just, if you subscribe to the five teams in the Metro, you really think the Islanders could make, could make the playoffs? No, I, I think they would finish just outside. You think it's, it's Columbus? I think it would be Columbus. I think you would see um cuz also if you look at it in comparison to the rest of the Atlantic, Florida mm-hmm. or Pittsburgh. Give Pittsburgh. me Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh Buffalo or Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. I I I You I'm guessed high, up Buffalo quite a bit. I'm high on Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But look what Pittsburgh has. Look what they've done. Mhm. They can slow down Buffalo, and they can score mm-hmm. because Buffalo, all it takes is a stupid penalty. Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh? Right now, give me Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, but the neutralizing factor of Andre Vasilevsky is not there right now. Does your opinion change if they grab Jones? No. <laughs> the savior. For somebody. <laughs> Okay, Columbus. Columbus I put on a roughly same plane as Buffalo right now. Yes, mm-hmm. they're completely unproven. They have a lot of questions of can they do this, can they do this. The difference is, is Buffalo last year did it on offense. Their defense wasn't terrible. They weren't fantastic, but they weren't terrible. And their goaltending needed to be stronger. 
They've answered both. They've improved in both areas. Not enough to compete in a championship way, but enough to get into the playoffs kind of way. I think Columbus does the near impossible where they jump three spots. Where you end up with New Jersey, Carolina, Pittsburgh. I think Washington is there at five. Columbus is at six. And then Washington, Philly. I think Columbus. You named Washington twice. Where? Uh, I think uh, did you meant Pittsburgh three, on, New Pittsburgh. Jersey, Carolina, Pittsburgh, uh, or yeah, New Jersey, Carolina, Pittsburgh, yeah, Rangers, because you skipped the Rangers. Oh, that's what it was. I skipped the Rangers. No, yeah. I, I would, I would at that point after the ladies and gentlemen, it's almost midnight here. So uh... <laughs> after the Penguins, I would go Islanders, Jackets, Rangers. I think the Rangers fall off because they don't have a backup. They put too much on Igor. He's got like, I go back and forth. It could. It, yeah. mm. Top. I think three. my top four. I think my top four is pretty set. And then, you know, know. Did, you know what? Carolina, New Jersey, I'm, Pittsburgh, I'm, New York. I'm there. Rangers five, Islanders six, Jackets. Caps Flyers. Mm-hmm. That's how I'll do it. Set the record straight on that one. New Jersey, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Rangers, mm-hmm. Blue Jackets. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah. So wait. So and then Philly, and then Philly is in the in the leopard pit. I guess Philly's fighting for the one pick. Hell yeah, dude. I I mean, they're literally fighting for it because they're not going to go down without a physical fight. Torts won't let them. Yeah. But. But, man, but uh, Macklin Celebrini, you are a Philadelphia Flyer. I don't know about that. He could very easily be a San Jose Shark. Oh, there it is, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Joint custody. So the so the yeah right joint custody for now, central <laughs> division. I, we're 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 gonna round up and and finish up here. We're gonna blow through these a little bit more because there's still, I'm sure, more that we can go over and just won't. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we <laughs> again. It's almost midnight here, so we're kind of like we're getting a little we're getting a little punch drunk. <laughs> we're we're getting two and a half weeks worth of recording done in two and a half hours. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Gotta but that's it. what we do here at Puck Off. It is. It really is. So, <laughs> on, uh, have, the have central. Down here. The central. Okay. Uh here's 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 what I have. I have a and I have a I have a slight I have a slight um you mentioned Nashville earlier. Well, Dallas one. Yes. Colorado two. Yes. Minnesota three. Mm-hmm. Do you have Minnesota Nashville? Three? I have, have Nashville. Nashville. Really? I have Nashville. I love UC Soros, man, and I like that defense. You mentioned a lot. You mentioned a lot of defensemen that I really that I really like for them. I would put Nashville at four. Okay, I'd put Mini at four. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. I can see that. They're honestly, I, think- I, I used to joke with Dylan James about Nashville being Minnesota junior mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like they, they are built very, very similarly. And they, mm-hmm. and they flip flopped a lot of talent back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I think three, four, four, three, whichever way you want to have it, I, I'm fine yeah. with. They're going to be the third and fourth team. Yeah. Period. Dallas and Col- but but the gulf between one and two and three and four is going to be pretty significant because Dallas and Colorado are two legitimate cup contenders and they're in the 100%. same division. 100%. But I will say a Nashville-Dallas first round matchup, holy shit. That'd be fun. That'd Dude be fun. Soros against Jake Ottinger. Give me seven games of that. Thanks. Oh, hell yeah. Or, uh, and, and, uh, to, or, or if you, or if you really, so what I would have, what I guess, I guess what I would have for my standings would be Colorado and Nashville as the two, three matchup, which, okay, fine. Dallas and Minnesota, old rivalry, a rivalry match. That would be fun too. The, the team that was plucked from Minnesota against Minnesota. Yeah. That's a good storyline. That's, that's the top four, though, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's that is the top four, and I don't think it's really much up for debate on that for me. But then after that, it's for me. Who do you have at five? Winnipeg. I almost have them there by default. That's kind of where I am. Who do you have at six? St. Louis. I would put Arizona there. Okay. Okay. I think I think we're going to see a different type of Arizona team this year. Mm-hmm. They are they're trying to turn the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And fuck Jordan Bennington. And fuck Jordan Bennington. Um, I would love to see Chicago at seven and St. Louis at eight, but I just don't see it. I don't see it either. I do see Arizona being a really fun team at the bottom of this division. I think they can outperform St. Louis because St. Louis is a team that I look at and I go, well, you can't predict injuries. I think they're going to have a few. Mm -hmm. They have a really deep spine. Credit where it's due. Sure. On the wings. Eh. Oh, no. Oh, no. And their defense is getting old. Their defense is getting old. And you're paying your number eight guy, Marco Scandella, $3.4 million. And he has a modified no movement clause. And your goaltender is still Jordan Bennington. An actual full diaper as a human being, yes. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh my god, I hate um, him. I hate him so much. Okay. <laughs> so I I want to see I want to see Arizona in the sixth spot. I think you can see it. I think it mm-hmm. happens. Uh and then St. Louis. Chicago's doing the best thing they can as a shitty team with a number one draft pick in Connor Bedard. Remaining a is- shitty team. Remaining a shitty team and letting letting Corey Perry and Nick Foligno be his hockey dads, basically. Yeah, and Taylor Hall, too. And Taylor Hall as well, yeah. But here's the other thing. How are they doing it? They're not going out and trying to suck. They're just getting bad goaltending. Yeah. Peter Morazic, enjoy the show, baby. Like, it just... I can see them moving Morazic at the deadline. Like, you just got to get worse, okay? But, but the thing you is... Can- one and you got to give Drew Camasato some rest, reps as well. But here's the thing. One more season, and you have your new Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Macklin Celebrini and uh, Connor Bedard. That's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do. Pacific. 
what you got? Uh, I'll, I'll defer to you on the on here. Fuck. Um. Oh boy, I I work backwards a lot for this. San Jose's dead last. Yeah, no, San Jose is the worst team in the league. There is no. Then the what do they have? What do they have? What do they have? A team. Good answer. Haters. <laughs> <laughs> they uh Will Smith. They have the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Come on. Ah. <laughs> uh they they the Ducks are gonna be seven. Mm -hmm. I think I think Vancouver can't get out of their own way, so they're gonna remain in the sixth spot. Ooh, you and I differ a lot in this division, man. Oh, I'm only three teams in. Yeah. Yeah, How, no, 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 because we agree on eight and seven. We agree on eight and seven. Because come on, like who do you have at six? You have Seattle falling, don't you? Yes, I do. I can see them at five. I just Vancouver. But that's not but, but that's not who I have. Who do you have at six? You're gonna laugh. You got the Kings, don't you? I do. You've mentioned quite a bit in their show about their four depth. Their four depth is great. Their defense their center depth. was very good last year. Yes, you're relying on a couple young guys like Anderson and Clark to take steps forward, but they show You're relying on Clark a lot. You're going to be relying on Clark a lot. He showed last year he's poised to take that step forward. And by the way, hmm. Cam Talbot is set for a bounce back season. Is he the guy? I don't think so. I think he's the number two guy. Pairing him I, with Copley helps for the regular season. I think they need to make a move for the playoffs. But he's set for a bounce back season. He has not been healthy for a while. LA is my scorching hot take, man. I don't trust that goaltending, and I don't, and I, I'm not entirely sold on the defense. Rob Blake, though, is set to make a move when mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. So that's part of why I'm ready to keep them up there. Now, I don't have them winning the division. I can yeah. see them dropping to the four spot. Mm -hmm. I don't see them dropping all the way down to the six spot. I still okay. have Vancouver in six because they can't get their they can't get their head out of their ass. I have Vancouver fourth. <laughs> they can't get their head out of their ass though. Yeah, but. And they're relying on Thatcher Demko, which is fine. They have a lot of firepower, man. They're okay. There's Metzko, Pat Pedersen, Miller, Besser, bounce back year. Connor Garland's still a solid middle six guy. I don't know, man. I And I've been relying a lot on Thatcher Demko. I think Demko's going to get overplayed and get hurt again. It's, I, it's I, a consistent thing for him. But I don't hate their defense. Either. Like, I like I don't hate their defense. I, I, I think Fletcher Dipko is better than he's shown. And I like their offense. The, I, Pacific, the Pacific is where I go insane. <laughs> okay. Right. It's where we go to die. Because we have to watch their games at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, but it's where I go insane here. Because I look at this division and I'm like, it's not that good. Let's let's look back at them. There's so much variance. Let's look at the top and the bottom again, and then let's get back to the mushy middle. 
Okay. So we agree on six, on seven and eight. Yes. Anaheim and San Jose, respectively. Correct. I have Edmonton number one. Three. I have them number one because they are one of the only teams in this entire league that can outscore their deficiencies on the blue line. But they have an, an entire year of Matias Ekholm. And Skinner played so well for him last year. Mm-hmm. He took that job. He did. He did. And good for him. That's and Skinner's job now. So I look at that and I go with Skinner and net full time. Yes. Campbell's still a problem, <laughs> but he's a smaller problem now. Yeah. Because he's, Skinner he's, is also of the age where you can overplay him. And it's not like you can do a 65% split for Skinner. And he's not already done it for six years where he's burnt out Mm -hmm. you can maximize on that right now for him i think they're i think they're a very good team with two of the top five players in the fucking world right now two of the top three players in the world right now i don't trust their depth it's questionable yes but so far for the last three seasons they've been a top two finish Mm -hmm. i can't take them out of that see with the I, questions they've had, uh huh, they've had some answers to them. Matthias Ekholm, Bouchard is set to take a step forward on the blue line as well. If Skinner Bouchard takes the if Bouchard takes the step if Bouchard takes the step that he is supposed to, that makes it a lot easier for me to get on this side. I have a team that didn't make the playoffs last year as number two. You have Calgary. I have Calgary. Don, Don, Don Suter. Daryl Suter broke this team. I've come around on Calgary a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can't put them that high. Edmonton and Vegas are one and two for me. Mm-hmm. In that order. And I got Vegas one. Yeah. Edmonton, Vegas, one and two. You said you have them the other way? I have. I have. My, my top three is Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton. I can't have LA drop that far. Mm-hmm. I go, I am flip flopping between them and Seattle at four, Seattle. At four and five. I think Seattle comes crashing down to earth pretty hard. Cause that shoot, that team shooting percentage is going to go way down. They that's shot 12 and a half percent last year. That is fucking insane. That's why I'm not quite sure where to go with it because I, I've come around on Calgary because Daryl Suter, like you said, broke them. But broke they, them. they are still reassembling that team, too. They're not quite there yet. I think there's going to be a lot of rebound years there. I think the there chief, will be. Chief some, among them, Jonathan Huberdeau. I don't think he bounces back to what he was in Florida, though. They don't need him to. No, but they need other people to do it as well. I think... I think they're going to spring forward more next year mm-hmm. once they have a slightly better picture of the who wants to stay here picture. Right. It looks like Elias Lindholm's going to resign, but we've been saying that for a couple Lindholm, of months now. So Lindholm it's like... will resign there. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty damn sure he will resign there. Yeah. It's just more... the, the Pacific is weak to me here. I'm more worried about like... a guy like Noah Hannafin. Mm-hmm. He wants to come back to the States. He's made that pretty clear. 
That's yeah. going to hurt their defense, but it's a move I can see them making this year. It's another Jonathan Goudreau situation. I would, I would so go so far as to say, I'm with you a little bit on the Kings. Mm-hmm. I let's go Edmonton, Vegas, Calgary, L.A., Seattle, mm-hmm. and then Vancouver, Anaheim, Seattle, or um, San Jose. San Jose, yeah. No, no. Uh, Seattle finishes both in fifth and in last because San Jose in the middle of the year gets contracted. Perfect, brilliant, good job. <laughs> uh, they just take half of the San Jose roster up to Seattle and say, "We're just redoing this <laughs> dispersion draft." Let's go. <laughs> uh, Who wants a slightly used Mikael Granlund? <laughs> oh, who was the goalie that they traded for? A uh, Blackwood. Yeah. Who wants a slightly damaged Blackwood, Mackenzie Blackwood, oh, and a partially used Capo Kakinen? Oh my God, that's good. that team is gonna be that team is gonna be dog shit. Oh my God, <laughs> but Greer, but Greer did the right thing. Greer did the right thing. Who's more dog shit, San Jose or Chicago? Uh, San Jose because Chicago completed step one and got their franchise player. <laughs> they got Connor Bedard. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So now here's the tough part. Mm-hmm. Who wins the president's trophy? You really had you really you really sold me on thinking that new thinking about New Jersey there, but I got Dallas. I don't hate that pick. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love what they have going on. I they love Dallas. Hell. <laughs> I just I feel like one injury during the year is going to set them off track just a little bit mm-hmm. from the president's trophy. I feel okay. like it going okay. to be a top five team. Mm-hmm. I look at it though. And I go, Edmonton is ready to prove shit. <laughs> They've got a pissed off McDavid pissed off dry Bouchard's supposed to take that step. They've got Matias at home under their belt for a year. Now they're over the, can we get Eric Carlson crap? Mm-hmm. They've got at home and he fits. Stuart Skinner took his step last year. Just real quick, just for a moment, could you imagine I, Eric Wilson on that power play? I don't want to. That would burn. That would that they, they wouldn't be able to play hockey. The ice would just catch fire. I so badly want to pick Edmonton for mm-hmm. the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. I just can't get over the defense and the goaltending problems that they've constantly had. Mm-hmm. Ha- well, had pres- uh, past tense because it sounds like you are like, okay, it looks like they are. They take a step. Almost solved them. Yeah. They take a step. But I still don't see them going to the cup final. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. regular season only, and they're going to dominate. That's what they do is they dominate the regular season. They outscore everybody a zillion and a half to nothing. <laughs> they get to the playoffs and their goaltending is Swiss cheese. Right. And their defense goes, how do, what, what are we doing? How do we play hockey? And just, you know, I mean, like you have like scenarios like a couple of years ago where they make the conference finals where Leon Dreisaitl is playing the entire series on one leg and just has this incredible performance. It's absolutely just just gangbusters performance. It was asinine how well he was playing on one fucking leg. Yeah, on one leg. And Colorado smoked them. Smoked them. 
even with that. Oh, man. <laughs> Again, this is why I sit there and I look at it and I go, man, is, is it that crazy to go New Jersey? Well, I mean, you you kind of you kind of mapped out the scenario where that would be where that would have had where that would happen. But that's on the eastern coast. I'm, what about the west coast? I still think it's Dallas. I think they're the most completely complete put together team in the league. I think they're the team that should win it. I just don't mm -hmm. know if they're the team that will win it. Because everybody looked it never at is the team year. that it is never is the team that should win it. Well, that's my point. Everybody looked no. at it last year when Carolina, yeah. and all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere, Boston went fuck you, hold my beer. Yeah. So like, and then proceeded Edmonton, to drink the drink the whole beer before the playoffs. <laughs> Edmonton is the team that can go fuck you, hold my beer. Yeah. But New Jersey is the team that's kind of like we showed up to the party. We're a little bit late, but we can out drink all of you because fuck tomorrow. Because we're barely old enough to drink. <laughs> Half of us can't even drink. <laughs> Luke Hughes cannot drink. He's 20 years old. <laughs> well, he can drink in Canada where it counts. Ah, yeah, true. Okay. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Edmonton. Okay. I just, okay. I, I. I think that for, for me, I think it's because I think we have so much variance on the Pacific is because the Pacific. Clearly, out of all four, the divisions has the most questions for me. Well, that's the thing. Also, if you look at it based on their division, they play the Kings. They play Seattle. They play Calgary. They play the Sharks, the Ducks, the Canucks. Like, let's be real. As good as Calgary may be, Edmonton is so much better than them. Mm -hmm. They are so much better than Vancouver. They're going to shit all over the Ducks and all over the Sharks. <laughs> and then when you look at the rest of the West, they're going to absolutely annihilate the Blues, the Yotes, the Blackhawks, probably even the Jets, despite mm -hmm. having Connor Hellebuck. By that point, he'll be like, can someone please trade for me? I want out. He'll be Denny Lemieux in Slapshot. Trade me right fucking now. <laughs> As mm -hmm. good as Soros is, they can dance circles around the Predators. Yeah. The Minnesota Wild, they do have good goaltending, but I'm sorry, their goaltending doesn't hold a candle to the offense of what Edmonton can produce. So the Wild, the Wild just <laughs> I think so, I think they're one and done, but so what that tells me is Colorado Dallas and Vegas stand in Edmonton's way. If they split against those three teams, nothing stands in their way from a president's trophy. Mm -hmm. Because again, even if they play each team in the West, in the Eastern conference twice split against, let's say half the teams in the Atlantic, half the teams in the Metro. Mm-hmm. And again, we're we're just going to go off the top top four, uh, a split against Car Carolina, a split against New Jersey, a split against Pittsburgh, a split against the Rangers, mm -hmm. for argument's sake. Right. They can annihilate Washington, Philly, and Columbus. 
they'll annihilate Montreal, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo. Like as good as Buffalo is, they don't hold a candle to Edmonton. Tage mm-hmm. Thompson is not Connor McDavid. <laughs> no, he, no, he's not, but he's damn good. Right. So it's just, it's going to happen that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, nothing stands in their way other than three teams, maybe who are just as good as them. Mm-hmm. So, but as you said, it is approaching midnight as we finish this up, wrap this <laughs> up. We have been doing this for almost two and a half hours. We have some new social pages in the, in the notes, in the comments section of, of the uh, podcast release. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can now be found on Facebook, Lincoln, Lincoln bio. Um, you and I are, are both going to be active on Reddit Bruins, Reddit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a brand new TikTok page for puck off. That link is in there as well. Instagram is here and YouTube. We're so going we, to, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to assault your senses. We are slowly assimilating back into some live shows here. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew just has to work on getting out of the closet or covering the closet. You, why? Why, man? <laughs> no, 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 the closet behind you, not that closet. The other <laughs> closet, the one that you're actually sitting in to do the show. Well, I have I have rooms. I have rooms I can use. So yes, yes. <laughs> I hang, just hang a blanket and we'll do um we'll do green screen effects. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. We'll have fun with that. Make yeah. it a, a blanket. <laughs> but we'll do the live shows are coming. We're working on it. Uh, and then we're just going to, spaces. You know, yep. We'll be doing some Twitter spaces. Um, we may even, we may even, uh, do something after the Bruins home opener TBD on that one. Follow mm-hmm. at puck off six, three, four, two on Twitter to find out. Well, we'll and if we'll you don't, they can puck off. Who but wants a slightly used Mikhail Granlund? <laughs>